Hey everybody, welcome to Paper Play Action. I am your host, Amani Brown. Welcome back, guys. I'm here with hello, our... Hello, hello, thank you. Yes. I'm here. We're here with our... How's everyone? I hope everyone is well. Yep, Andre's back. We also mm -hmm. have Paul as well. I mean, bro, hello. the whole classic crew was here this time. <laughs> yeah. How you guys classic. doing, guys? How you guys doing? How's it been? Oh, pretty good, man. Really relaxed. Uh, Same. Like that. Same. Really relaxed. And... Uh, Heads, heads clear, heads relaxed, and I've been able to, I've slowed down how much I was consuming, so I've been able to appreciate the things I was consuming even more. There you uh, go, that's fair. So, yeah, I may not have, uh, like, a super exciting thing to talk about uh, this this episode, but, man, it's, I feel good, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know any other way to put it. It's just I'm relaxed. Honestly, it's good to be back. I'm happy to hear that, and I think we should start with your week, man. I think we've missed you. Would the people have missed you? Want to hear what's up? Exactly. Okay. Well, what? Well, one thing I'll bring up. One thing I'll talk about is a movie that I had recently seen. It's called Outside the Wire. Okay. Uh, am okay. I saying that correctly? Yeah, it's called Outside the Wire. It's. Uh, it was released. 2021 uh what ex what day exactly it doesn't matter it was released this year um it was directed by mikhail hafstrom i'm going to assume that's the it's not that's definitely not the best way to pronounce the man's name but it's uh the easiest way for me uh, starring anthony mackie okay. and damson idris i'm interested uh, the synopsis is in the near future, a drone pilot sent into a war zone finds himself paired with a top-secret android officer on a mission to stop a nuclear at attack. Uh, watched it on Netflix, and I was simply just scrolling, man. I was looking mm. for something to to uh, occupy my free time, the little bit that I get. Mm. And you know, I saw two brothers on, on on the poster. I saw Anthony Mackie, who is uh, man ever since he. I'm not going to say Falcon was the role that shot Anthony Mackie up into the stratosphere mm -hmm. or uh, the, what well, I will say, uh, stratosphere as, as far as what's uh, allowed, what's, what's uh, permitted within Hollywood uh, for a man who isn't quite, who doesn't bend the knee. Um, and you can read that and take that for what you will. It's it's a cool movie. It's it's not. Uh, how, how do I put it? I'm trying to be very fair to it. All right, it's Damson Idris. He's he's a very decent actor, mm -hmm. uh, who plays um, what's his rank? What's his rank? I can't remember his rank, but he plays Harp in the movie. He is a drone pilot, the drone pilot in question, and uh, his whole arc is about discovering whether or not he's doing the right thing, whether or not he's actually the brave soldier that he uh, claims to be, and walking the line between uh, what's right and what's wrong, hmm. and what's, what's gray, what's, uh, what's, what's the right thing to do versus what's the hard thing to do. Hmm. You know, and and hmm. what I mean by that is you know, what makes you feel good versus what in in the total 
uh, what overall in the grand scheme of things is the best choice for for everyone involved or everyone that can right. be considered and uh the movie is about him but it's not about him because it's definitely about Anthony Mackie's character Captain Leo who mm-hmm. is the android uh that's that's no secret it's uh, it's in the damn synopsis and it's on the cover you can see he's, you know, he's he looks like a robot because he is a robot. He's an android, and uh, you definitely will want to see more of Captain Leo do things that you would expect an android, a top secret android, to be able to do. Um, he is noted in the film as a prototype, so hey, I go. just want to let that be the excuse My for favorite. why you may not see the the uh, the kind of super super high octane uh feats of 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 action and and mm. uh you know whatever kind of super tech thing that you may immediately that may immediately come to your mind when you think of top secret android in the the future mm-hmm. um because this this film I can definitely feel the lower budget off of it just slightly but honestly I'm Falling more and more and more for the lower budget films because they're they're the films that to me are saying very cleverly and very sneakily mm-hmm. what people need to be hearing or not not need to be hearing but what people need to need to hear what people should hear it's less right. restrained what should may not be it's just like what what I agree what you may you. not find if you go to the mainstream and fortunately this is able to be on a mainstream platform again I said I watched it on Netflix but uh, because of that you don't and I, I'm not going to spoil the ending but don't be surprised when you get to the ending and the outcome is that what you see because mm-hmm. this is on Netflix which you know this this is allowed to premiere in America so it's obviously going to stroke America's cock a little bit gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. um so uh, the hard decisions that that do you, that I'm not saying that I advocate for. I'm just saying it's bold, and it really opens up your eyes uh, for those who may not think outside the wire, which is the whole point of the film. Uh, it's it's not it's whether or not you are brave and and well it is it does the the movie is about whether or not you have the mental fortitude to go outside the wire. Which, if we're thinking about this movie philosophically, we're thinking mm-hmm. about that's how I like to view uh, view my film experiences. I like to take take films as complete meals instead right. of just just you know the the starter dish and you know exactly. the main dish fully uh, digested. Yes, see everything fully digest this piece. So outside the wire is where are you willing to take your mind? Mm. Where are you? Like, are you going to stay inside the box that you created for yourself, or are you going to step outside of it, see some shit that you really think that you're ready to see? You're not ready to see it, but you need to be ready to see it. And then, what will you choose to do after that? And as far as the character of Harp, he is because this is the character who we're sort of, we don't, there is no character that we ride with, that we identify mm. with as the audience. We're sort of just in this seat, just watching. But uh, you root for Captain Leo because Harp is 
an annoying, cowardly, whiny little little bitch. He's a bitch. Okay, <laughs> that's he's a bitch. And so you, you, you may not like his character, uh, but that's that's okay because Anthony Mackie is the guy who plays Leo, and Anthony Mackie is already very naturally charismatic. He he makes you smile even if mm. uh, just just looking at the guy smile makes you smile. And oh, yeah. so Captain Leo is definitely going to be the guy that you that you uh, want to see more of. I wish we got to see more of him. But yeah, Outside the Wire, definitely check it out, especially if you think that you're not closed-minded. Uh, anybody who thinks that they're not closed-minded, I think should, I believe, should challenge that notion only mm-hmm. for themselves. And this is just a, a cool little movie to, to do that with. Gotcha. Um, so that's that, and I have not yet, my second thing, and it'll be the last thing for me for right now, because these are the two things that I've spent the most time within the last few days thinking about. Okay. I have not yet finished the movie, uh, and you fellows may know about it, but A Silent Voice. Oh, uh, yeah. I've watched okay. that one. That's a good that one. That movie wow. broke me down, bro. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That one's it. That one's, yeah, <laughs> Finish I'm, I'm it tonight, please, if you get Yeah, time. man. Um, so this is this film came out in 2016 to our to our listeners. This film came out in 2016. It is an anime. Um, the synopsis is as follows: A former class bully reaches out to the death uh, to the deaf girl he tormented in grade school. He feels unworthy of redemption, but tries to make things right. Oh mm-hmm. my God, bro! <laughs> sixth <Perfect> film. <laughs> grade is when we're, when this kid. When I say a former class bully, I'm saying for our listeners, imagine that we're sixth sixth grade. Sixth grade. Sixth is, grade is, is where you really learn how to hurt people. <laughs> that's 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 the age. That's the age where we see this character as this class bully. And, exactly. and yes, Amani, you are absolutely right. Sixth grade is the age where you start to learn, or that's the grade or the, that around that age, around that time. That's when you start to learn how to hurt people, mm-hmm. and that's when you really start, you start becoming sneaky. You start being a liar. You start uh, standing up for yourself in the face of your That's when I started getting scandals. bullied in school. Was uh, sixth grade on the dot. Same, 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 man. Something about sixth grade. It's it's the the peer pressure, the puberty. You know, mm-hmm. it just people, the kids wanting to fit in, especially nowadays. It and you see this kid do these these awful things to this precious, precious girl who is hearing impaired. Yeah. And man, do you for some reason for me, I didn't want to man, I'm telling you, I'm not the kind of man who is not adverse mm-hmm. to saying that kid needs a spanking. Yeah, bro, she's adorable. And it's and she's horrible a, watching it. It's it, man. It, it made oh oh my god. Man. I honestly though, like I think that's what pulls you in and makes you like feel the movie more. Is everybody's mm-hmm. felt that at some point? Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. it's a topic. Oh god, I'm tearing up, man. I've been tearing up lately about a lot of things. But I'm tearing <laughs> up thinking bro. about her face and how. Oh god. Oh, All right, get to my bad. And and just just man, I didn't. I didn't think that there would be a movie that existed that is one this pretty 
You guys know I like my pretty shit. Oh, mm. for sure. As we we all do. Yes. This it's animated beautifully. It's drawn beautifully. The 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 scenery, all the shots, everything is so cinematic. Everything is so artsy. <laughs> everything is so, so artsy, artsy, but it's artsy with the essence of feeling. And there's a lot of silence in the film, mm-hmm. and that's not even that like the, a movie about a deaf girl. It's called a silent voice, and there are so many beautiful moments. Yeah. Of just you just hear the wind and the leaves and, mm-hmm. and the birds, and this just. I'm not even saying this to be a smart ass or anything like that. I, like it legit made me appreciate the fact that I could hear and mm-hmm. want to preserve that because there's people who don't have that and that like mm-hmm. that's a horrible thing, man. This movie is okay. So I have been drumming since I was two years old. When I was. Uh, I think I was I was twenty, I was either twenty or twenty one years old. Mm-hmm. I, oh God, I went to a Parkway Drive concert with who was who was with my ex with my ex, mm-hmm. and there's no reason why I was up on the front. I was we were in the front of the stage. We were in the front. We were in front for the whole night. I'm talking each first act. Right. All the way through to the end, we were there. My ears have not stopped ringing. Since. Yeah, you told me about that. Yeah. And it's this worse because you have acute hearing. I, dude, I, ha- I hear everything. I pretend like I don't hear shit sometimes because I don't want to make people feel like I'm snooping. But I hear everything. And I don't know why it's fair, universe, that I would, I would be born as this incredible musician. And I, I played without my headphones on. And have had my ears ring for a few minutes, and I'm like, oh, and sometimes it would go a little bit longer than I expected or than I was used to, and I'd be like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Did I finally do it? Did I finally give myself tinnitus? And then I'd go away. But then that night, man, that did it. And Mm. something that I've always been able to say with confidence was that if someone so needed... I'm the kind of person who I have seen so many beautiful things in my life. And I'm eager to see even more beautiful things still because I can, man, I, I've, I've traveled, but I still think I've, I've lived within a box. Mm-hmm. There's still so much for me to see. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I was like, I, I, I remember I was in Universal Studios with my family. And uh, there was someone who had walked by, and she was blind, this child. And I'm like, man, you're at Universal Studios. You deserve to see shit. Mm -hmm. And I said to my mom, with a smile on my face, with no hesitation at all, I didn't even think about the thought. My mom, no one was saying anything. We had just left the direct, no, we had just left the mummy ride. We had just gotten off. I saw this girl. 
And I, with no hesitation, for so, I don't know why, bro. But I said to my mother, Ma, if I could give my eyes for someone to be able to see, I'd do it. But there's something about my hearing, bro. As someone who loves music and as someone who can experience, I, I, look, all my five senses, I appreciate with utter gratitude and absolute reference to the divine. I am mm. thankful for them, and I'm thankful that they continue to be strong and yeah. grow stronger as I age instead of regressing. But, man, if there's one thing that I feel like I would absolutely need, it's my hearing, bro. Yeah. Because I'm a musician. I, I, I feel the world through sound. I experience the world through sound. I, I meditate daily daily and silence is such a beautiful commodity but I cannot watch this movie called The Sound of Metal or Sound of Metal oh yeah mm-hmm. I can't do it that's a great movie but it, it's hard man that I've watched clips of that movie and just just watching A Silent Voice made me be like yo dude you can watch it you've got to watch that movie but that's I don't know why that thought. I thought that that could hype me up because Sound of Metal is a completely different. You're in a completely different realm, mm-hmm. completely different. And um, I just wanted to segue from a silent voice to a silent, uh, Sound of Metal real quick, because of that relation. I've seen a few clips from Sound of Metal, and I absolutely want people to watch that movie. Yeah, I don't know. I've talked about it before. I feel like I have talked about it before. It's a 2019 uh, American drama. It stars Riz Ahmed who plays uh, the, the main character of Ruben, who is a drummer who loses his hearing. He's uh, alongside Olivia Cook, who I know most notably as uh, uh, Artemis in Ready Player One. I'm a big Ready Player One fan. Uh, she plays Lou in the film, and she's his girlfriend, and they are in a metal band together. And Ruben is the drummer who doesn't take care of his ears. And mm-hmm. I was that drummer for a little while. Uh, fortunately, I stopped. Um, but man, this film, from the things that I have seen, and it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, if you have Prime Video, you can watch it. I'm probably going to work myself up to watching it. I do have Prime Video. Uh, it's on my watch list on Prime Video. It's, it's been there for a while because, man, this guy, you watch the clip that I wanted to uh, talk about, mm. is when he's on stage playing. After after his girlfriend urged him not to go through with it, like they could they could, you know, they didn't have to do the concert, and you know they could wait a while, and you know just, just to protect his ears. He's like, no, no, I can do it. He plays this concert, and he's hearing. The, the final stages of him losing his hearing. I mean, losing his hearing. I can't, like, I can't, it's, it's, it's emotional, it's, it's tear-jerking, it's, it builds as, as, a, as a lover of music, as a musician, as a drummer within me. This film mm. was so personal, and it, I felt anxiety upon anxiety. I felt this guy's, Riz Ahmed plays this character so damn good. Who, and he is a musician. He's a musician in himself. He's a rapper. He's an artist. 
great actor, very talented person. Got to say, yeah, he's a very good actor. Yeah, man, and uh, I just go watch Sound of Metal. It'll make you appreciate Silent Voice, Sound of Metal, and uh, Outside the Wire. I think. No, I know that those films will make you appreciate so much. Gratitude is very, very crucial for this life. Mm -hmm. That is such a monumental. That is such a monumental. It's it's gratitude. If you want Mm -hmm. something, if you need something, find something to give. I'm not trying to give you a cheat code, but it is a cheat code. You this is it. a cheat code for life. This is how that works. Just gratitude. That's it. Just be yeah. thankful for everything. I think too in, many people go through life without being thankful, and it screws them over and darkens their heart. It does. Yeah. It really does, man. So, yeah, those, those are what I wanted to bring to the, the table tonight. Sound of Metal, A Silent Voice, and Outside the Wire. Definitely make you think, definitely make you feel, and definitely will teach you a thing or two about... Uh, humanity. That's true. Thank you for listening. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up um, uh, Outside the Wire because that was actually on my list of things to watch for a minute now. I was looking at it being like, I'm going to watch that at some point. <laughs> yeah, man. But it's on my yeah, list for sure. Um, Silent Voice is also one that I think we've all said that we've all seen that one. And uh, glad you enjoyed that one because that one hurts. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Just likes to hit you. <laughs> <laughs> now, me personally, yes, I've does. never actually seen or even heard of um, Sound of Metal until you guys have mentioned mm. it. Which, considering how much you are both in love and afraid of that movie, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I'm actually kind of amazed that never came up at any point. <laughs> but, Please um, watch that film. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Oh, God. that. Oh, God, dude. Just thinking about it. I and I can, I can, yeah, I can off, see dude. why it, like, it hurts you so much. Because you're like, over here, it's like, why is this movie attacking me? <laughs> Why is this attacking you yeah. personally? <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I, I started, my ears started ringing. And, and ladies and gentlemen who are listening, I went to an ear specialist. And I, I did all the tests. She said I had robust hearing, which means I hear my ear hearing. I hear so well that I can hear my ear hearing things. And it comes across <laughs> as a tinnitus ring. How I, how that that sort of comes about I, I now, I <laughs> like immediately after the rock concert, it, it made me very skeptical. I'm still skeptical, but my hearing hasn't actually dipped at all. I can still hear everything fine. Mm. Ah, it's just crazy, man, the fact that that would happen. Like, I used to, gentlemen, I have been a martial artist my entire life. Silence is reverence to the divine, is the language of God in my mind. And to me, that's that's... When I am in, oh God, the nights where I would just be up and everyone was asleep and it was just me and darkness and the moon and the stars and the night animals and I'm just breathing and meditating and this, Mm -hmm. all I can hear is, oh God, I can, the ambience was beautiful. Having that tinnitus ring and it having come from a night where I was appreciating music and then watching clips from A Sound of Metal. <laughs> Boy. <sighs> but anyways, anyways. I just find that I so step off. intriguing because for me personally, um, mm. 
This is why it's so perfect that we all like balance each other out in this way. Silence bothers me. If things are too quiet, <laughs> I am I did bothered. not know that. Yeah, if, if things are too quiet, silence bothers me. There is like an appreciation in solitude, but I am a person that's like I at least if I'm going to sleep, silence is fine. Like I'm okay with that. I can I can go to sleep in silence. But in some instances, I'll be like, Nah, I'm throw some music on, something like that. Just anything to kind of just hear, mm. because for me, when it is too silent, I now hear everything. And that includes things I don't want to hear. So, if, for instance, if you're in the house by yourself at some point and uh, you hear the, the creaking and the settling of the house, you're like, all right, somebody's in the house. Time to fight. <laughs> yeah. I remember I went through the same stuff. And you remember I called you over that one time. <laughs> I handed you a knife and was like, just in case, we're going to look through the house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> you were like, like okay. just go through and just be ready. I'm like, all right. <laughs> but, yeah. For, Game for face. Me, silence, uh. Silence bothers me. So for Andre to be like, yes, Bro. silence is bliss. I need this. This is perfect. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is perfect. Get all the perspectives on silence right now. <laughs> I'm not trying to say this to be like the middle ground, but I, I really think, like you said, we do balance each other out because I love and hate silence. Because <laughs> in girl. silence, there's bliss, but also there's pain. Because when you're alone by yourself, you got to face some stuff sometimes. And, you know, I don't want to face that all the time. But I'll be honest sometimes it's just better to tough it out so i'm gonna be on i'm gonna go ahead and flip that around on you dre i think that i know you're terrified to watch that movie just watch it like facing fear is the single most powerful like where you said i think it was silence to me it's fear like facing what makes us terrified is the strongest thing you can do as a person because there's so much growth i say watch it because then you'll appreciate sound that much more man you might cry you might ball your eyes out that's fine be alone cry it's fine Absolutely. I cry so much now, bro. Like to everything. Like I'm just happy all the time, and I'm crying. Like it's a beautiful release. That's, that was oh, actually, ah yeah. um, oh, man. That's uh, I gotta talk about that another time. That's the philosophy I'm building on. Uh, <laughs> hey man, the, the we might have time. Why humans cry? Why anything cries? Why why creatures can cry? Because what of what purpose? Just crying. Think about it. What inherently. purpose does it serve? Biologically, why? Like, what is it about emotion? that makes this biological function there's something behind crying that is that releases a lot of hormones if i remember correctly Mm -hmm. but anyways it is such a weird thing who's next (laughs) all right let's see paul you want to go uh i'll let you go first i think i went first last time um mine's a bit of a a jumble of a week i I did some things check some stuff out I initially didn't think I actually checked that much stuff out originally. By the time I like wrote down my like my entire list, I was like, oh, okay. I did a couple things last minute for sure. <laughs> um, but first off, I'll uh, say hello everyone. This is Future Amani coming in from well, the future. I just wanted to state that I made a little bit of a mistake during this. The actual name of the game is Lost Sphere. And for some reason in my notes, I had put down Odin Sphere, which Odin Sphere, as you can tell, is a completely different game. Um, Really cool. Go check that out. We kind of talk about it a little bit during this, but I wanted to mention that Lost Sphere is the name of the game. I wanted to make sure you guys got that in there. So if you wanted to check it out, that is actually what it's called. Um, I do spell the last part right. (laughs) So I will later on spell Odin Sphere to you guys. 
keep that little last bit that's actually how you spell it for some reason they spelled sphere wrong or weirdly not really wrong um but as far as the actual beginning it is lost sphere one more time for you guys sorry about that but i'll let you guys get back to it for any rpg that's really nothing i looked up it's like probably 20 hours i think i'm probably like two so i'll come back to that when i've putting a little bit more time into it but i wanted to mention it because it is kind of cool i do like how mm. it is a positioned based rpg it is not a tactics game but the entire deal is that like people move freely among a small map whenever you get into a fight and right. attacks if you plan them correctly can hit multiple opponents um in ways that like just differ so like you can put an area of attack on one character that'll hit multiple or you can if your character has a bow, for instance, um, you can line up character like uh, enemies by moving your character in a certain way to try to get as many people as possible in that given line. And so it'll hit the furthest enemy or whichever enemy you're aiming at, and anybody in between that can get hit as well. And the same thing applies for your characters. So it's one of those things where it's like, okay, that's kind of fun way of mm -hmm. moving things about. It has a unique one. But uh, that is known as fear. Um, and what do you what are you playing that on? Because I looked it up and it uh, came out in two thousand seven for the PlayStation Two. Well, oh no no no, it was developed by Vanillaware for the PlayStation Two. You said Odin Sphere, right? Yes, but it's spelled differently because that's the problem. There's now there's actually two. That game you brought up, I love that game. That's a recommendation. I'm very far in that game. I, okay. <laughs> Sick. Vanillaware does great stuff, <laughs> but um, this one is spelt um, O. D E N, okay. and it's spelled ah. sphere different. Where it's um, S, P H, E A R, is how it's spelled. Mm. It's, it's spelled differently. Okay. That's why I was like, okay, that could that could be confusing for some people. <laughs> <laughs> but that one's a cool one. I wanted to bring that one up. It's got like a cute little chibi art style and everything. It's just mm -hmm. kind of adorable. I wanted to play it on the Switch, but it was on sale on PlayStation. Was the deal? So you can kind of play that on anything. Odin's Sphere, the one you brought up, I'm pretty sure is only on PlayStation. It might be mm. on PC, but I know for a fact that it's only on PlayStation. Like, Vanillaware has a tendency to just kind of put a thing somewhere and just leave it. Mm -hmm. They don't do a lot of ports. Yeah, it seems, uh, it seems it's only on PlayStation 2, 3, 4, and Vita. Yeah, and you can play, yeah. So, that one's weird. It's the same situation with um, 13 Sentinels, where mm. you can play that on PS4 slash ps5 um mm. and that's it because 13 mm. cent like i said vanillaware just doesn't like to port things they'll just be like oh, we will bring it up but they kind of just keep <laughs> it wherever they put it at when they start off it, it stays there that's those two um next up um me and aaron has started a co-op playthrough through far cry new dawn uh that well, was nice. on sale how was that cool. it's like 12 bucks it's fun i'm gonna be real i have a here's the thing far cry new dawn was a weird game when it came out because I looked at it and I was like, I tend not to like Far Cry games. I don't know what the deal is. but um, mm. And I think it's because 3 put a bad taste in my mouth. And it's not because 3 isn't good. 3 is good, but three the later half of 3 is very boring. Because Voss... Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, Voss is kind of the driving force of that entire game, honestly. Like, he's the best part. So... For me, Far Cry is one of the few games I actually had to force myself to finish because I was like there and I just wouldn't do it. So I'm like, let me just mm -hmm. bust this out. And I, by the time, to, like by the time I did that, 
I just didn't enjoy it as much anymore. Um, so I just didn't mess with any of them. So like the next like four came out and I was just like, okay, you're taking place in, uh, in, um, I think it's, is it the Alps? You're in the Alps, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. It's yeah. the Alps. And the Pagan, or no, the Himalayas. The Himalayas. Just the Alps. Yeah. No, I don't know. He's like, but a uh, Pagan men seem kind <laughs> of Geography, cool. guys. <laughs> <laughs> and they had the cool idea of being like, oh yeah, you can beat the game if you just wait 10 minutes for like the guy to come back as like a normal phone. Like if you wait the time of a normal phone call, you just beat the game because the guy is like, oh wait, hold up. I'll be right back. And he goes and takes his phone call. He comes back and he's like, all right, let's take you to exactly where you wanted to be. And you just avoid all of these problems by not escaping. And it's like, oh, okay. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. That's if actually you a cool just, thing If you wait the normal amount of time, wise. you would have to wait for a phone call, which is about 10 minutes if it was like, like important. Um, mm. Pegamin comes back and he's like, all right, let's just, let's do what you came here for. You came here to come see, come see grandma or I'll see you or whatever. We'll, just, let's go he just takes you there and the game just ends <laughs> and I'm like wow mm. fair enough <laughs> but um Far Cry New Dawn has a cool aesthetic that um mm-hmm. two games had and only two games for some reason I have no idea why more people should mm. copy this aesthetic which is uh called the Neon Apocalypse which is Rage 2 <laughs> yes that's the other one um they both came out around the same time and I chose Rage over Far Cry just because of the fact that I was like I, I like Rage, Rage Two looks really cool. It looks like Doom, but open world. Mm. Um, I miss Rage, man. You remember when Rage was on the uh, when Rage came out on mobile? That's where I first played Rage. <laughs> oh yeah, that was my beginning to Rage. The mobile ah, game and uh, the and then um, the normal game. And, and then it came straight to uh, what PlayStation, right? I think so. Yeah. I Actually, no. I think the it came mobile out was the pre-release, and they had the basic one or the uh, the normal one, which was um, uh, whatever yeah. the hell it was. It was three sixty. Yeah, there was like a there was the it was like the shooting gallery type. Yeah. Like you go through this area and you just kill all the all the whatevers that come up and and then that's pretty much it. But man, damn, that was fun. <laughs> it's uh, just story back. But um, Far Cry New Dawn has the a very similar aesthetic, which is just we put neon everywhere in barren wastelands, and like things that technically should be just a an apocalyptic setting with very bright neon colors they really like pink and i'm not gonna lie it's a cool aesthetic i love it honestly it, it looks really cool <laughs> to me <laughs> yeah, man. and far cry does it technically better than uh rage 2 does mm. that game is very far cry is very pretty mm. and rage 2 really keeps the uh, aspect of like it's a barren wasteland but mm. uh rage 2 likes to give you splashes of color in like the HUD and the UI and the guns you're shooting like mm. the color's not just in the world so it's just like it's everything else happening around it so to speak or what you're doing is creating some of this color which it works like it works for Rage but in Far Cry um, the environment takes on strange colors because mm. it takes up after Far Cry 5 which to me story wise apparently it's really good like it's actually really captivating Far Cry 5 but the setting, when they initially announced it, I was like, this has got to be the most boring Far Cry ever. <laughs> America, I live here. Like, it don't change much. Just like I said, like Far Cry 3 had us on a, a mysterious island that we were just in in the tropics. Um, and 4 had us in the Himalayas. And mm. <laughs> 
five had us in middle America. And I was like, really? Really? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. I was like, but apparently it had a lot of really cool things involving um, religious iconography and crazy characters like Jerome, the priester with a shotgun, which I'm like, fair enough. That's a cool, it's a cool one. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and had a little, little slight spoiler as well. Maybe major spoilers. But major spoilers for uh, Fallout 5, but this is kind of why this game exists, is because um, at the end of Fallout 5, you aren't able to stop the nukes that our religious iconographer is trying to, um, trying to accomplish. And he sends them off. They're not normal nukes. Uh, apparently, they are meant to, I guess, sort of like reclaim the world in a, in a sense. For like, gotcha. And that leads to... And that leads to neon-looking plants, like these pink flowers that grow up. Uh, that's really cool. That's, it looks really cool. Uh, the sky's having uh, the northern lights basically going mm-hmm. through them all the time, which looks amazing. Oh, yeah. The animals taking up randomized patterns. Like, I'm running into, like, a black bear that has, like, yellow splotches and things like that. And it's, like, it looks really cool because it's, like, the idea that, like, these nukes happen and they kind of, like, killed what was in the area of the explosion. But, like, whatever amount of radiation it was supposed to give off just mutated mm-hmm. things but it didn't mutate things too crazy it just changed like things like fur color and like there's a moose that has red antlers now and still it gave the developers like freedom I guess yeah with... and they just went to town on it and mm-hmm. because of that the game looks gorgeous um they just wait they waste no time being like hey look we can make funky weapons because it's an apocalypse setting so whatever mm-hmm. you can get your hand on go ahead there's actually some weapons that like are supposed to be makeshift that we, me and Aaron were laughing at. For instance, the makeshift AK-47 is just an AK with a screwdriver attached to it, and we just looked at that and was like, what? "How? How is that makeshift? You just found an AK." What, is it? Is it like a screwdriver? Yeah, it just has like... a screwdriver attached to it for like a bayonet, essentially. Okay, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, like, and oh, I'm just cool. like, and he just looked at it. It was kind of. Like, I don't want to say lazy, but <laughs> no, they have some whatever. really good yeah. ones. But that one was funny to us because we just looked at it and we was just like, "That is just an AK." Like. It's one of those things where you look at it and it's like, there's no way they didn't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, it's it's literally just, it's an AK-47. Just plain and simple. Got the wood and everything on it. Except, someone clearly bolted screwdriver. A, <laughs> a screwdriver to the front of it. And you just look at it and you're like, how? I actually really like that. <laughs> how does that make sure? But, um, it's really fun, honestly. Uh, I give it a shot. Obviously, it's an old game, uh, so to speak. It's, it's existed for a couple of years now. But uh, one of the things I actually find really weird is that like a lot of people complain about the villains in this one, which are the twins, mm-hmm. uh, Lou and Mickey. I actually find them to be very interesting and like maybe not compelling, but fun villains for what this is. It's kind Because of, it's mm-hmm. more of a funner experience. Mm-hmm. I don't get why... they They literally have this aesthetic of... One's a more... Like, they're twins, obviously. One's mm-hmm. a more um, talking... I'll talk to you. We'll try to figure out our problems. But they have this kind of, like, gangster mentality a little bit with how they mm-hmm. do it. But they always reference back to, like, their grandfather and being like, yo, he taught us how to get stuff done. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to get stuff done. <laughs> the other twin has the same mentality, sort of, of, like, talking about their grandfather and taking in what their gramps taught them. 
mm-hmm. but clearly is a psychopath. Just clearly, just a little bit more off the hinges. <laughs> I feel that. Because <laughs> like, mm-hmm. in the conversation in the beginning that you have with them, um, they're talking uh, like, I believe it's Lou that's talking to you, and Nikki might be the crazy one, but I could be mistaken. Lou mm-hmm. is talking to you, saying that like, look, one of the things our grandfather taught us was that there's two types of people. There are problem solvers and problem makers. So which are you? Are you a problem solver or you're a problem maker? And he's like, because there are people that are going to just make problems and then people are going to solve problems. Granted, you're going to be solving our problems, but <laughs> we want to at least get this out of the way so that we know what to do with you. He's like, if you want to join us, you can join us. If you're going to be a problem, then maybe we should just get rid of you now or just end this right here. Hmm. And um, ah. <laughs> our friend, yeah, he's like, and uh, one of our, I guess, friends doesn't really matter. He doesn't live. Can't remember his name. <laughs> he's not important at all. He doesn't get through the first Copy. act. Copy. <laughs> Irrelevant. Yes, wants to be like, hey, look, man, maybe, maybe we could be, we we could solve problems. We've been going around like fixing settlements and stuff. He's like, you can, you mm. can talk to that guy over there. And people are literally telling him, yo, shut up. Why are you telling them this? Shut, shut up. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> mm. So they go over to talk to our friend who is, um, I'm trying to remember what his name is. Rush. It's, his last name is Rush, which is the deal. Because, like, that's, you're a part of this faction that like, mm-hmm. initially went around and helped people. Like, we would be riding around mm. the train and we'd go to settlements and get you set up. We'd be like, all right. We're, we got you set up. You guys are ready to defend yourself at the very least. You guys are now a community, self-sufficient. We can go. And then we dip off again. And that's like the whole deal of what we were doing up until the beginning of this game where it's like we get attacked by our main villains who are the highwaymen. Um, mm. So Rush is over here. They go over talk to Rush and they're like, so you, you're going to help us out? You're going to be a problem solver? You're going to be a problem solver with us? And Rush is like, yo, fuck off. You just murdered half our crew and everything else. <laughs> like go fuck yourself and so because of that they're like okay cool and then they beat homeboy that was next to us not rush but homeboy that was next to us talking all this stuff he's like to death or mickey does just beats him to death with a helmet and it's just like cool (laughs) because clearly he didn't he didn't have any skills because he you know he gave us he gave you guys away Mm. He's like he gave you guys away, and on top of that, he just he said nothing that would actually make us want to keep them. So, problem maker over here, clearly. <laughs> and they just so killed him. I was like, I was like, yeah, all right, I like them. <laughs> I feel that they are, they're interesting. They constantly they talk, but they're not like Jack, like from Borderlands. They're not like Handsome mm. Jack, where they constantly mm-hmm. talk to you. They only appear in conversations to see what the outcomes of what you did are. So mm. if you take an outpost that was like a mechanics workshop or something like that, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. they'll come up on it and be like, and have a little something to say about how we just lost this. It's like, man, we were going to do something with this. Like, it's usually you did this to them in some way because you hear them talking about it. And it's like, okay. I actually kind of like fun. that a lot. He's like, but you just get the radio chatter between them, essentially. I think they're fun villains. Okay. I don't know why people didn't like them. I, I'm going to be completely honest. I do not know why people just didn't like them. I found them to be interesting. And unlike Borderlands, where those twins were kind of annoying, but I think the whole purpose of those, like in Borderlands 3, those villains who are also twins, haha, <laughs> funny, are meant to be more annoying because they're taking on a certain personality type. Like, they're like, we're streamers, and we're yeah. trying to do these little things. It's like, yeah, they're supposed to be. It's actually why, 
it's actually why I didn't buy Borderlands 3 was I saw the trailer where they're like, we're coming at you live! And I was like, I'd rather eat soap. I'm done. <laughs> mm. I was like, but I found them being, like, far, these two, Mickey and Lou, to be far more compelling. And I feel like one of the things that people miss a lot of times is that compelling villains do not have to be um, deep. Is the best way to describe like describe it. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's a weird way to describe it, but it's like the Joker, for instance, is compelling. But the Joker, to be honest with you, is not deep. He just wants to watch the world burn. That's about as far as it goes. He's as crazy as it gets. And that's mm-hmm. the Joker. But he's not like he has deep moments because it's all this history that exists in the comics mm-hmm. and things like that. But the Joker in itself as a character is not mm-hmm. deep. His relationship with Batman is interesting. And things of that nature. But, like, the Joker as a character is, like, I just do things for the sake of it. Nothing Mm. else. (laughs) And that's not... It's, like, sometimes the best villains are the ones that are just... They just want to watch the world burn. Same thing with the ones that are the heroes of their own story. Like, those are the two best archetypes of villains. Or, Mm -hmm. I do it because I want to. Or, I do it because I need to. (laughs) Hitler was a masterfully written villain, all right? <laughs> it's like, but, um, That's probably not an appropriate joke. Never mind, continue. <laughs> I'm not say anything about it. But I'll move on to the you next part. Right. Andre, you'll be happy. Um, <laughs> one of the other things I checked out this week was, mm. um, is it wrong to pick up Girls in a Dungeon 2? It's so, out? Yeah, apparently it's out on season. It's out on Hulu. It's not even on Netflix. Oh, That's Hulu, okay, okay. It's, it was on Hulu the whole time. I didn't know. Mm. <laughs> so they have it in in dub. Um, since I've watched it in dub, I'm gonna stick with the dub. Obviously, uh, I know some people are losing their minds right now. <clears throat> Calm down. I watch both. It's okay. <laughs> I just when I choose a show in a specific language, I just stick with that language regardless. <laughs> yeah, you know it depends on how I started the show and if it sounds good to my ears. You know, yeah. because I started Dragon Ball uh, with Japanese, or not with Japanese, with uh, the English dub. Mm-hmm. And sounded good enough to my ears because the the voice mm-hmm. actors for the characters they matched. They did. Uh, I was in Dragon perfect. Ball is one of those an- examples where I can listen to both the English and Japanese dub. But uh, when I first started Seven Deadly Sins, for example, I started that on the Japanese dub. One day I was just curious, put on switched to the English dub. Immediately hated it. Switched back. <laughs> it depends on you know. Just if your ears you, and your yeah, eyes are able to match the, the voice that you're hearing to the character, and if <clears throat> the uh, voice actor is giving what you feel, in, in, my, in, in my opinion, and I'm always judging the English dub, mm-hmm. I'm judging whether or not the voice actor is delivering the emotion to the intensity that I feel this scene deser- is uh, deserving of, or in comparison it. to... The Japanese voice actor, because some of the Japanese voice actors are on par, or uh, they're not somehow better than the English dub, but or the English voice actors. But uh, man, some of these scenes where the hero is super triumphant and it sounds great in the Japanese dub, it just doesn't mm. sound as cool in English. It doesn't. Even yeah. with notorious English voice actors, it just doesn't sound as cool to me. The other thing I will always admit too, like I have to I have to point out, because I feel like a lot of people miss, is because of the fact of, like I, I like watching in subs. I've been watching anime in subs for forever. Pro- mm-hmm. I probably at this point watch more anime in sub than I ever do dub. But <clears throat> yeah. 
Same. something that has to be pointed out is that you cannot understand the language <laughs> and therefore all you have is just I get the feeling I feel the feeling <laughs> so like if something if sounds lame in another language like if you were Japanese and you're hearing this and it was like that is the lamest line you could have said I wouldn't catch that <laughs> that doesn't sound lame to me it's just you got the feeling from it and that's all you really needed in some instances and considering mm-hmm. how Japanese acting is, is that they put a lot of feeling into it. A lot. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's not a... Yeah, and that could be both a good thing or a bad thing, but, like, probably... It could be a bad thing in Japan because you're, like, you're overacting. Like, you just feel the overacting that's in it. But mm. that doesn't come across to us, English viewers, like, people that listen to, like, any other language, because, right. like, you just hear it. You hear the feeling. And so it's like, I, I'm hype! Because of the feeling, like it's doing the thing it needs to do. That's all I know. Like Aaron Yeager. <laughs> Which is why we like, Oh, yo, subs over dubs. Like, no way. Like, all the time. Or, like, what, whatever. Like, vice versa on the fight that happens between us. I'm like, that's stupid. This is a dumb fight. One, you can't understand the language. If you do understand the language, bravo, you're probably the only one that's under, like that's appreciating it. You speak the damn language. Yeah, exactly <laughs> the way it's supposed to be appreciated because you speak the mm. language. Which I'm working to. <laughs> Yes, that's true. That's true. You learning Japanese, man? Yeah, I um, I was I had when I was attending university, I was learning Japanese, and I still have my textbook from it. Um, but just because university was such a terrible experience for me, mm-hmm. uh, I I did not pass the class. But that's because I didn't apply myself into the class. It was the only mm-hmm. class I genuinely enjoyed. But being being in uni, <laughs> it was just it made me it drained all of my energy and sat oh, all understand. my motivation. So it's taken That's me a while out. to find the passion to. Uh, <laughs> it's taken me a while to find the passion to learn Japanese again, but I'm doing it, and mm-hmm. it okay. is it is a beautiful language. I like it. I like it a lot. It's like it's like me with suggest- Korean. I know one day I'm gonna go back. But, yeah. I would suggest That's one of the few I'm learning right now. Talking mm-hmm. to our friend Joyce uh, because he he needs someone to speak the language to. And apparently, from okay. what he was saying, it is better to learn Japanese when you have someone to speak to. It mm-hmm. just helps. It helps learn that language better. So, I know yeah. he's at the point where he's like, I want to learn more, but I just need to speak it to people. So, um, if you can, I think just talking to, to your voice would help. Just you two yeah. having a back and forth. <clears throat> I think that's how it is in most languages, you know, especially mm-hmm. if you're talking to a native speaker. That's what you really want. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the times we're taught to speak these languages that we're not native to, that mm. the native speakers, you know, like they don't use those yep. words. They, you know, they use a different word or uh, yeah. their sentence structures. It's not like that. It's, it's a lot more relaxed or a lot more uh, yeah. uh, tradi- traditional or, or modern or whatever the case may be. It's, That's what happened with me with Spanish in college because when Aaron helped me get through that class, I won't say the methods how, but uh, yeah, he <laughs> legit, I was in the party with him on PlayStation while he was talking to his like cousin or whatever and they were both like furious. Like, they, they don't say it like that. Why is she doing mm. it? And I was like, oh God, great. I'm not yeah, learning man. anything. Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're learning the proper Spain language. Like, you're, you're learning formal spanish as opposed to the dialects mm. that are created from each individual culture <laughs> and so when mm. you run into something like a native speaker they're like why would you say it like that <laughs> it's so weird why aren't you doing it like this <laughs> it's just like with english it's so if someone spoke proper english all the time they you'd probably mm. look at them and be like yo like 
talk British slightly royalty. normal. Throw an idiom in there or something. Like anything. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, please. <laughs> He's like, did yes, I man, hear the comma? About, um, did, did I hear the comma? <laughs> <Yes>. Ew. <laughs> Dude, I would. Oh, God. Proper English, Ebonics. Yo, you, God, it's. What a terrible, terrible invention. <laughs> Honestly. It's just such a lazy language. God. But, um. But, uh, <laughs> how to pick up girls in a dungeon. Yes. Mm. It's great. Once again, like, we talked about it before. Um, obviously, I can't go too much into it because it is season two of it. So, going mm. into the actual, like, plot and everything. And we've talked about it on here before, in great length. But I'm just happy to say that, like, two keeps up the pace. I'm excited for season three whenever that gets dubbed. Because I know it exists. It's happening now. Like the uh, yes, it is. The actual show is happening now. So I'll, I'll wait. Some people will yell at me. I yeah, will say shut on, up. Um, <laughs> they're on episode 12 on 3 on Crunchy. You guys can watch this. Yeah. But you can check out. Um, it's The rest is on Hulu. I don't know why mm-hmm. it's in such a weird state. Because the dub is like dub for season 1 and 2 is on Hulu. But season 1 is only dubbed on Netflix, but, like, I don't think they have anything else, so it might be, like, a contract thing that must have happened mm-hmm. or something. I just didn't hear about any of this, so that's why I'm confused. Mm-hmm. But if anybody knows, by all means, reach out to us and be like, hey, this is the reason why, because mm-hmm. that one threw me off. Um, another show I was checking out that is on Netflix is Zero, which... <laughs> oh, wow, dubs. wait, hold on, that sounds familiar. Zero on Netflix, that sounds familiar. Talk about it, talk about that. Talk. Okay, um... This takes place in Mulan, um, where we have a black character who can turn invisible. You might have seen the trailer. Um, he learns that he has this ability, and him and his pals attempt to essentially, hmm. um, how should I put this, Fix help fix their community using Zero's powers. Um, he is, I actually find him very interesting because he's weirdly like a parallel to us in a lot of ways um Mm. but he clearly is a slight outcast from some people um he kind of just stays to himself is the main deal he's not really an outcast people people know people that know him are like oh yeah he's cool like he's a he's a kind person but like he stays to himself the theme of being invisible is very clear in the beginning of like, oh yeah, I'm just invisible to people. I walk around, I do whatever I want. And then he finds out he can actually turn invisible. And then it's really strange because they even mentioned in the show, it's like, it's crazy how this guy probably walked around and did everything and was invisible to us. But the moment we find out he can turn invisible, now now he's the most important thing ever. Like we figure this mm-hmm. out, like we can, we can all see him now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, that's kind of, that was a cool line. I get it, that's, I get it. <laughs> Mm. Um, but we were also just having this obvious conversation about dubs and uh, <laughs> subs this is a show that um, clearly was being made and is voiced in the language of where it takes place I believe it's French if anything mm. Um, mm. and you can see it <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can see it the lip syncing is a bit off but if I'm not, I might have to go through. But if I'm not mistaken, I think that the actors themselves still voice their own characters. It's just mm. the the mouths are moving as if they were speaking French, but the words that you are hearing mm. are English. 
And the only okay. way I heard, like, the only way I'm noticing this is because it's not because I chose English for the language or whatever. It's just when you start the show, it starts off in English. And then as I'm watching it, I'm like, hmm, I don't think this was for <laughs> us. I think it's good. <laughs> it's not for us. <laughs> um, but it is cool. Like, he's a, um, he keeps to himself and he tries to carry a steady job while trying to save up money to, I guess, essentially move out, move somewhere else, but he also draws manga, which is just a fun little thing he just does in his spare time. And one of the characters mm-hmm. he creates is Zero, quote-unquote, character who has who learns about their abilities and stuff like that. Now, he then mimics his own character because of the fact that he then gains his abilities and things of that nature. Right. And it's it's kind of like a weird... I don't want to... I don't want to... I haven't finished it yet. I'm halfway through. I want to say it's kind of like a coming of age story because mm. it's it's him now opening up, getting friends. It's him now finding people that care about him, like he's finds a girlfriend mm. or at least seems to be, and then trying to get used to the fact that now he is a different person. And a mm. huge part of it is breaking out of your shell and mm. becoming... Not so much what you meant to be, but what you want to be, essentially. <clears throat> gotcha. I think it's really cool. Zero's really cool. It was like, I saw the trailer a couple times on uh, Netflix and was like, all right, you piqued my attention. Let me check it out. Reminded me, gave me um, Raising Dion vibes and stuff like that. I'm like, all right, we'll look at it. And it's, it's pretty good so far. Um, I don't want to get dope. too much into the plot details because it's only eight episodes. So mm-hmm. from what I can tell, I'm like, okay. I'm going to hold off on too much story. But uh, I like the I like the cast that they have so far. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It brings up it brings up a good an interesting like point because it's something that I just forget about sometimes. But um some people might look at it and be like, "Oh, they're doing the black kid thing where for some reason cuz I've been watching a couple of different videos trying to get different perspectives on stuff and things about like how it seems that like whenever you have a black character or black characters and in things that they always seem to cover the same kind of topics Mm -hmm. a little bit and i find it Mm -hmm. interesting because this is clearly in another this is clearly made in another country this has nothing to do with america but we're mm-hmm. somehow touching on some of the same topics. So it just kind of makes me go like, is it because we, it's because people can only touch on the same topics or is it because it's happening in enough places that like, you might want to just mm. look at it. Now, mm. this one seems to be a bit more, less direct, like, it's less direct. It's more, instead of like, you're black, it's more like you're foreign. Therefore, it's, mm-hmm. it's like, push away the foreigners essentially. But either way, mm. it's like definitely one of those things where you're looking at it being like, Okay, this is clearly a foreign film. There's no reason to touch on the same stuff that American Hollywood does, but it is. So Mm -hmm. it just made me kind of like, okay, interesting. I have to keep that in Mm -hmm. mind. Um, But moving away from Zero, I will go to an album from A Hero. We got some music on here. Uh, Hell yes. The Off Season by J. Cole. Yes, just dropped. Yeah, just dropped. Um, I haven't listened to it yet. All I could say is, 
And this is going to be weird because I'm going to speak in a lot of idioms to actually describe this. But the best mm -hmm. way I can describe it is music is a feeling. And the feeling this gives off to me is that this this just slaps. Yes, sir. It, it just go. slaps. Um, like, I won't... My personal favorite J. Cole album is K.O.D. Because of how K.O.D. is set up. So this doesn't beat K.O.D. for me. But... Um, J. Cole does messages in his stuff, obviously. Mm -hmm. That's how he works. That's how he is. Mm -hmm. um, I don't find the message in here bad, but it's not for me. That makes any sense. I think that the okay. message in it is... It's... Best way to describe it is like the message in here is very is good. What they're trying, what he's trying to say, is really good. But this message is not catered towards me. This message will not like I can receive this message, but this message won't do anything for me. There's parts of it that I can use and be like, okay, I can, I can use that to progress. But it's like I'm not the audience for this album, and that's clear to me. I'm like, oh, that's fine. Mm. Is it? Cause what or who is the audience for the album? I would say. Um, I would say black culture as a whole, the the things okay. that we usually associate quote unquote with black culture is what it's mm. for, but it is not inherently, and I say associate with the biggest quotation marks possible. It's like quote unquote, <laughs> mm. but it's, it's definitely more for people to, for people to get their stuff together. More so than anything mm. else, and it's not that, like I said, it's 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 definitely some. There's parts of it that like we can use. We could be like, okay, I can take that, but it's it's not, it's not for us, so to speak. On mm. So it's the best way to describe it. It's like, but it's good. It just the reason why I say it just slaps is like it just do. <laughs> like why whoa, is an apple red? <laughs> because tell me, tell just me, is. give me one of the messages before do. you just <laughs> before you decide it's not for me. Uh, That's true. Let me let me speak should, for myself. But like, give me one of the messages. <laughs> give me, give me a feel. I, I, I don't hold that against you. But, but give me a feel. Give me a, give me a. I'm looking at the album now on Spotify. Um, let's 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 talk about real quick. Applying pressure. Um, the one, two, three, fourth track on the album. What mm -hmm. you know? How does that feel to you? Um, I've listened to this like four times already today. Okay. And honestly, I might need to just hear applying pressure again. But I think, and I'll be, I'll be completely honest. Didn't actually mean to say you inherently, but I, I've no, more no, so no, just yeah. meant for it's for a me thing. But like, okay, that's yeah. He's like, so like by by saying that, I will point out. I was like, no, I wasn't trying to make a decision for you. I'm just kind of saying. I feel like, you. <laughs> I understand. I understand truly. He's like, um, but um. But what do you feel about? What I feel? What, are, what song that is? Applying Pressure. I honestly just need to... Let me throw a headphone in real quick. Because I, I do consume this... Not like speedy, but like... Mm -hmm. Multiple times within it. So it's like a part of those parts I'll just jumbled up. Where's my headphones? Here you go. Mm -hmm. Is it your wa uh, Droga's Wave? Yeah, like Droga's Wave is like really good. But like, if you listen to Droga's Wave like three or four times, like you get the message, but like parts of it might be lost within... The album <laughs> mm -hmm. because it's a okay. lot that it talks about <laughs> okay yeah, 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 yeah i see what you're saying I mean, about like, uh you wave and about uh there being multiple messages that mm -hmm. it's it's hard to pinpoint what it is that what central focus is the theme of the album 
you know, uh, mm. I guess in these situations where it's hard to pinpoint um, the direction that the artist may be trying to aim people when listening to their song, right. uh, that that direction might simply be wherever my song yeah, takes you. Yeah. Yeah. You know. You know, like, like where, I, wherever you end up is where you're supposed to be with my music. I meant like, and you need to. Is it your Joker's Wave? Like how I dove into Joker's Wave, where I listened to it for like three weeks on end. Mm-hmm. Okay, so applying pressure is an interesting one because I had okay. to just script it, like skip through it just a little bit to stir my myself. Mm. Applying pressure is an interesting one because applying pressure is one that I personally would say we can take a little bit from, and. Okay. The main message is definitely in the end, but a part of it is like just do do the best you can with what you got. Mm. And okay. when it gets to the end, he really kind of goes on a little tyrant that really just gives you that cements what applying pressure is supposed to be about, mm. which is if you're good at what you do and you know you're good at what you do, sometimes you just got to show people how good you are at what you do. Mm. So that they don't try to test you on it, essentially. And I'm I'm paraphrasing what he said, but, like, basically, it is just whatever you're good at, go for it. Because you know you're good at mm. it. Therefore, mm-hmm. do the best you can and be the best at what, like, what it is that you do. So that no one could contest the fact that you are good at what you do. And you mm-hmm. can take that and be like, that can apply to anything. I'm like, yes, it can. That that is That in particular one can apply to anything. If you are good at rapping like he is you can essentially just sometimes you just got to show people you can talk about it all day but sometimes you just have to do that if you're Mm. good at writing sometimes you just got to show people if you're good at acting sometimes you just got to show people if you're good at video games sometimes we get this one all the time you're at fighting games sometimes you just got to show people (laughs) (laughs) but it's definitely one of those things where it's just like from song to song it really kind of depends but for the most part the album in itself you can take bits and pieces from it and be like oh yeah that can apply to me but for what i felt from like the whole of it mm-hmm. it's definitely just telling people to like like black culture as a whole or i should say specific quote unquote not black culture as a whole but like quote unquote black culture the the people who are i guess either have talent and wasted or mm-hmm. are stuck like Think that they're stuck in a specific place or a certain area, mm-hmm. so to speak, and just kind of keeping the mindset, um, and keeping the mindset of being in this place, in this space that you mm-hmm. feel like you can't get out of. If you feel like you're in a box in some way, and I guess if we're we're trying to trying to do it my best to like generalize it to make it as open towards everyone, I guess. But like, um, if you're in a box in some way, uh, get out of it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He's like, there's no reason to to sit in that he's like get your stuff together you don't have to sit here do what you're yeah. good at and get out he's like, yeah. and that's just me trying to really trying to make it as wide open and understandable as possible but mm-hmm. it is kind of very clear that it's it's a message towards specific people and it's like okay mm-hmm. I get you <laughs> okay I hear what you're saying now there's a uh, there's there's a sort of call to action and a uh, um, uh, this energy of putting the fire under people, mm-hmm. you know, so they get moving, kind of, kind of essence that I'm hearing 
from from what you're saying for for people who maybe aren't capitalizing on their God-given abilities, you know, their talents, their, you know, claiming that such and such is, and, and this is just all from what I'm taking from what I'm hearing from you. I'm, yeah. going, I'm definitely going to listen to the album. In fact, I'm going to start it tonight. Uh, it might be something that I'll, I'll likely talk about it next week. Um, but uh, it sounds like it's just being directed towards brothers and sisters who are in uh, difficult situations, uh, maybe see no way out or maybe think that they see no way out. Uh, from what I'm hearing for our brother Imani, the situation, no matter what it is, as, as J. Cole might present it, uh, as he might present his message, no matter what the situation is, there's something that you have that can get you out of that situation. Yeah. Um, that's, You're not that's as stuck as you dope. think you are. You just have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could like like I said in that in that generalized sense, it's like yeah, okay, that could that could apply to anybody. I feel that. Okay. He's like, but it is definitely there is a feeling that there is like it's like this is not specifically like this is more so at a certain group, but like it it obviously has a message. He makes his music for everyone, but mm-hmm. he can he can choose pick and choose who he wants his target to be, but mm-hmm. he makes his message for anybody. Any author does. It's like, for instance, the KOD is um, the Sorry, seven deadly sins. By the way, I'm just so <laughs> For instance, uh, KOD is the seven deadly sins, and that can apply to anybody. He's like, it's like, it's it's the seven deadly sins, but uh, it definitely is trying to point out what what could be considered addictive habits, and it's trying to get people who have addiction to notice that they have addiction, even if it's not inherently drugs because drugs is a certain level it's only like two songs in the whole thing and it goes through everything else that it could be so it could be lust it i think be, greed is by and far the more addictive yeah it could be lust it could be greed it goes through all of them and i'm like that's kind of why i like kod so much because as a whole album it just kind of resonates with itself it's constantly talking about its message like in each song is kind of parsed away to this in particular sin it's like so that's mm-hmm. why I'm like KOD is super great to me, but um, this one's good. This one's really good. I'd if you were, you were a person that was just like, okay, okay, uh, J Cole's dropping a new album. Look forward to it. It's okay. He drops some heat. It slaps. It doesn't go hard to me, but like that's just to me. But it slaps. Like, like I was trying to make the parallels before, like how an apple is red. It just is good. <laughs> it just is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Therefore, I have a question. For you gentlemen. Yes. Regarding my bad, I'm choking over here, but please don't. Please regarding please. J. Cole, since you brought him up, I think he's a great lyricist, but I actually don't like the sound of really any of his songs. So, like, how could I approach listening to this album? Like, what's the or what's the best way to get into J. Cole? I think that'd be a good thing. I guess if I, I want to love him, I just I, man, I just don't like the sound of any of it. It just doesn't click with me the way I like music. I mean. I guess if that's the case, you can just listen for listen to it for its messages. Or read the lyrics. I mean, like, if you wanted to do it like that, yeah. But you can yeah, listen to it for it for what it's talking about. Because if if the beat yeah. in itself is not vibing with you, that's not what's, mm. what's getting you. Yeah. Then I just I, I, I don't mean to sound like that. It's just like I don't know, man. That uh, what's it counted up? I know it's like talking about greed, but it counted up, counted. You, you can't live without it. Like I just like I don't like songs that follow I don't know what that tempo is called but that you know well this is mm-hmm. not even the same tempo as uh, K- 
KOD. Yeah. I'll check it out, though. Fuck it. I'll, I'll listen to it tonight as well. Like, this is a far more... I would say this is a far more relaxed album. KOD does a lot to get you hyped up while still, like... Like, talking to you. This one has... This is why I didn't say it doesn't go hard. This one is not a hype album. Like, it doesn't get you hyped up. Some of the beats, you can feel it. You can feel these beats. Which is why I'm like, it slaps. But it's not a... It's not a hype album. In my opinion. Which is... Which is fine. Stay cold. I can't give it for a the intellectual and see what happens. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> but um, I guess next up for me, because I'm almost at the last two. I'm actually at the last two. Um, <laughs> I hit up Destiny Two, getting getting prepared for um. They're bringing back Vault of Glass and my favorite exotic in the whole game, which is the Bex Mytho class. I'm excited. Can't wait. Mm. But I gotta get my light level up, so I was doing lights. God, man. Oh, it's fine. They um they boost you. Honestly, if you started now, you could you probably get boosted up to like halfway close to where you're supposed to be anyway. Okay. <laughs> God, they realize. <laughs> yeah, if you start like I think three boosts have happened so far, and I haven't used I use like maybe two out of the whole thing, but um for sure if you was to jump back into it now you you get boost you get boost right up. You'd only need like forty light to probably do that uh that raid because the raid I think is um. You need to be 313. Oh, no, my bad. Uh, 113. This is still the wrong number. You need to be 1300 light level. He's <laughs> like, mm. like, yeah, you need to be 1300. And right now, I'm like 1260 is my highest character. Like 1260, 1264. Which lets me know, and I think the boost takes you up to 1260 anyway. Because my other two characters are like 1250. And they have the little boost thing applying to them to be like, oh, yo, you want to get up there? And I'm like, it's like 10 light level away. I'll wait. <laughs> I'll, I'll wait. Yeah. I can use it later or something. But uh, for like your character, Andre, or for like anybody else that wanted to jump back in, oh, it'll, it'll shoot you up real quick. <laughs> All you need okay. to do is get like 40, 40 extra light and you'll be there. <laughs> Copy that. No worries. But I'm excited for that one. Volta Glass is one of the best raids they ever made. Just straight up. Just They just haven't outdone it. Um, the only thing that comes close is still in Destiny 1, and that was, like, the SIVA raid. Really liked that one. That one was really fun. Um, but, you know, results may vary. Some people might want to shoot me on that one. Be like, excuse me, I believe it was Crota that was the best one. I take it back. I'll kill you. And I'll be like, uh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the other thing I checked out was Yasuke, which also have not finished. Halfway through that series. I got halfway through Zero and Yasuke within, like, the same day. Okay. Um, How's Lakeith Stanfield? Actually, I don't dislike his performance. Okay, Um, great. Considering what Yasuke is in this, his performance Mm. isn't bad. Um, Some people did have the complaints that he doesn't have, like, this commanding presence. Mm. But the way the story is told... um, he doesn't inherently need it. Like, a commanding presence would be dope, but he doesn't actually need it. Because this is a story that talks about Yasuke after his time with Nobunaga. It's, also, it's a very, I'm preparing, I'm preparing for this. This is not an anime, this is not accurate <laughs> at all. <laughs> there are, in the first, like, five minutes, they show you, like, robots <laughs> and mechs, what? people doing magic and stuff just to what? get you yeah this is not <laughs> wow. an accurate Batman Ninja history, shit which is fine because it lends itself very well it's really cool but 
just for those who were like, oh yeah, I'm gonna check out this historical anime about the Black Samurai. Look, Yasuke is a real no. person. This story is not. <laughs> no. Yasuke is a real person. This story is absolutely not. <laughs> in fact, mm. one of the little tidbits of lore that gets snuck in there is apparently the robots come from the Mongrel invasion. That's how far back it goes. Like the that. Mongols invaded Japan with these robots, and then Japan took the robots and was like, we can use those. <laughs> okay. So it's just a little tidbit like that got snuck in there. And I was like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> that's hilarious. But, um, Yasuke's cool. Uh, he doesn't actually need it. This is more of a, um, not so much redemption, but, like, refinding the warrior's way kind of story. Mm. It's like, this was once a great warrior who, who is now kind of living a humble life. And he's like, I, I just don't want to be bothered. I keep my head down. People don't notice me, mm. even though it's very clear people can notice you. <laughs> mm. But people don't notice me. He keeps as low as a profile as possible. Oh Therefore, his, um, the performance is being as subtle as it is, as like calm and reserved mm. as it is, isn't actually a bad thing. It kind of fits, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it works okay. itself out. Okay. Like, that being said, I could see where Chadwick Boseman's more demanding presence would have would have helped out in some scenes, obviously. Yeah. Because we get flashbacks, we get to see a little bit what he was doing with Nobunaga, I guess. And in, mm. in those scenes, I can understand you'd want a slightly more com- like like more presence to Yasuke mm-hmm. because of the fact that he is like. He's at the height. He's at his height. Like even though people are trying to keep him down, he's like, "Ain't nobody can stop me." Like, <laughs> mm. he's not like cocky, or he's or he's not. He's there's just a certain level of confidence that is there. Mm. That's just like, yeah, I'm here. I know what I'm doing. Like, <clears throat> I'm, cool, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's up, dude. I, honestly, at the end of the day, I was just, I'm excited for my brothers to get work. I just want the performance to be good, and I want there to be no fugaziness behind the scenes. Yeah, I think... Um, no, what? I think he, he does a good job playing Yasuke in this, in a lot of cases. The fuck did you say? fugazi Yes. Fugazi, yeah. <laughs> you, ever, you ever heard of Fugazi? Fugazi, Fugazi. I've, I've, Fugazi. I've heard that in a movie. I don't remember what it means. It's, bas- it's like it's like shady shit, you know? It's like, that's... Mm, oh, okay. You know, it's like, that's not... It's, it's fake. It's all inauthentic. It's, you know, you're, you're shady. You're sketch. Mm. Pretty much. But gotcha. That does it for me. Um, Paul... It is your turn. Regale us with your tail, sir. Uh, of course it's sealed by the great lord's power. Fuck, I'm getting off Dark Souls. <laughs> Running in fucking circles this whole night. Anyways, um, so my week... First off, Dre, you missed out on me talking about the end of the first book of uh, Malazan. Oh, we'll have to okay. have a talk sometime. Because okay. it's, it's such a big thing that I can't recommend it to anybody. Oh, Literally, because it just throws you in so, like, drastically. I love it, but I could see where it's 50-50. So I can recommend it, but I can't, you know. Um, but then, also, it was just so cool. Just to give you an example of some of the imagery, uh, there's a, a Jagat Tyrant, which Jagats are basically, like, kind of like o- almost orc men. They got tusks. He's a tyrant that was kept, like, dormant in this thing for, like, 10,000 years, and the fucking dumbasses awaken him <laughs> for the purpose of weakening Anamander Rake. 
Uh, and so the jacket tyrant comes out and fights, and then it's explained that everybody has the capacity to kill him in this day and age because that's how the magic system works. Is if you want to keep going to the limit, essentially, you can do that. It's going to take a lot out of you. But I thought that was cool. Mm. But he literally takes over this dude's body in the middle of a city, and they're like, "Oh shit!" And so the quick Ben guy jumps and pulls this girl to the side and the dude goes like muscle and like whips his hand up and the beam from his hand is like black colored vortex energy that slices through the city and uh literally slices through that path and everybody in the middle of that is disintegrated the outer parts of that though uh is like pulp and gore just rains everywhere and i mean it kills thousands and it's like oh god all right yeah, it's a lot of big shit. Yeah. And Amanda Rake turns into a fucking dragon, which was the coolest scene ever. He says something like, I am the I am the prince of darkness or something. Going to fight this grand demon. And he just like flies up in the air with wings, turns into this abyssal black dragon and kills. I mean, Dude, and then they fight on the ground. Dude, you just say, say no more. You have no idea how much. Andre, Andre, how Andre. Listen, literally All the I words that you just dragon. Listen, brother. You, you missed the whole thing. I'm telling you, go. Dragon that I don't know. All I need. Listen, you have. And Amanda Rake is that guy, all right? <laughs> he has been around for 200,000 years, basically wants to die but can't, and he's just all-powerful and he knows it. Like, it's so good. And like I said, it just throws you in. It's great, but uh, I won't talk about it too much. Uh, that's another episode. I'll, you really should go back and listen to me rant about that. Very it's well. so good. It's honestly, and read it, it too, if you like of, that stuff. Um, what you just said reminds me a lot of uh, mm-hmm. the dragon from dragon's dogma the is that a person the anime not the game oh is that a person that becomes a dragon uh, loki like yeah i'm gonna spoil ah, that I'm gonna have yes, to watch this. <laughs> because honestly i'm gonna be completely real with you guys it's been out for a while not only has it been out for a while well hold on hold on how many episodes the dragon's dogma anime sucks bro <laughs> oh does it be completely oh, i was gonna go watch it's it but great. Never mind. Tell me. i mean it ain't, it ain't all that. It's not it so great. All that. It ain't all that. It's, the game's it's, way better. Just go play the game. Just go play the game. It's entertaining enough. It's mm. entertaining enough. But ah, like, I wouldn't recommend it. Like, it's not okay. It's not that I wouldn't recommend it because it's bad to me. It's just after watching it, the moment I right. turned away from the screen, mm. I didn't care. <laughs> it left no impression. I, I understand. I didn't yeah. care anymore. I didn't care. But, uh... Dude, the problem was, is, is that I was a huge fan of Dragon's Dogma. I was like, yeah, 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 let's see this. And then I watched it, and I was like, how did you mess it up? <laughs> yeah, they, they so I, I watched it, and um, when because we had talked about it, Amani, uh, before I had seen it, if you remember. Yeah. Uh, you told me, he said his sin is pride? Yeah, of all the things. What? <laughs> No, it's not. It's not pride. Come on, dude. No, it's not. It's so That's clearly BS. wrath. It's wrath, man. It's so clearly Who wrath. Who wrote that? Who wrote that? Your that's not, that's not pride. That's not what. Uh, that's not what kills the show for me. But it's like that's one thing. That's just one example of the the this show underwhelming me. Uh, so the main oh, character man. has a berserk mode he just goes into sometimes in a flash of blind rage but for some reason his sin is pride he's too prideful 
How dare you try to fight a dragon, human? That's no. pride. What? No, that sounds like <laughs> that sounds like bad uh, bad writing. <laughs> but um, it's just one of those things that's like wrath, ugh. pride. You can't mix those two up. <laughs> but you were saying, Paul. anyways. Yeah, by all means, uh, continue. <laughs> one more thing with Malazan with Anamanda Ray Andre is, and I don't care if I spoil this a little bit. There's so much to book one. I I have not spoiled everything. Trust me. To be fair, you, that, most but, people who start this book will likely forget what you mentioned by the time you read it. Deadass, yeah. Oh my, um, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, every time he draws his sword, people suddenly feel terror. They hear the creaking and groaning of wheels and the sound of souls just like writhing in agony because his sword is a warren and it's into itself, so everybody he stabs and kills gets transported to this warren where the goddess of darkness or whatever or death is inside of this giant fucking uh like wagon that's pulled by i think like either magic or by like horses but they're all chained to the outside of it and some are chained inside and you can see hands sticking out and shit and it's like it's imagine this dude just pulling this thing out and you hear like like some kind of I, I don't know. That was not good at all. That I have never shit made sound that connection effect, before, but I just did. It is it is Katana's blade. Just straight mm. up. Yeah, right? Like, uh, no. It, it, I don't know who Katana is, but no. Katana that's like, it's Animanda yeah, Rake's blade. That's literally what her blade does. But <laughs> doesn't have wait, when, how old are the characters? This sounds, yeah. this sounds like... I, I understand what you're saying, but this is taking it to a... Oh, yeah. It has like a bit more of a fanciful level. This is... Like, the basic not even fanciful it's it's like the the degree of terror yes from yeah. the description that i just heard from paul mm-hmm. it's literally the scariest coolest thing i've ever heard and it's a, it's like a seven foot sword too that okay. glows with like black flames okay. i was like oh, yeah. okay. jacking off you know i'm reading that like that's so good keep writing you know <laughs> but uh yeah, so I say get into it, Dre, and I'm on the second book now. I've slowed down a little he bit with what, the reading. This is, Not, that's what just sold up? me. That's what just sold me. The fact that you said this guy turned into an abyssal black dragon. Yeah, yeah. Be you have. And, and here's the thing, dude. It gets better. Like, like but I'll go on my brief Malazan thing. I guess that's a weekly fucking thing now. <laughs> I haven't read too much because I've been busy, but you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not, like, bored reading it. I actually look forward to reading it still. And that's, uh, this is... Uh, 1,000 pages in. A lot of books, you know, you're reading the series through, it could kind of start to wear on you. This hasn't done it yet. Because now I'm on a different continent, following some of these other characters that I know, and now I'm suddenly with a character that I introduced in book one, and I'm like, oh shit, what's happening to her? She's having a rough time. She's a slave, she's a whore, and she just got beat and abandoned by the guy she was whoring to. And she's realizing, life isn't so, uh, it's not gonna work out for you, sweetheart. You better start listening to the older people around you telling you everything. Anyways, uh, there's also the coolest two characters is Ikarium, who is the half-brother, this is spoiled to me online, but it's, he's the half-brother of that jagged tyrant I just spoke of. So, and he's also got memory loss. He doesn't know what the fuck is going on, but the trail he's with, which is another orc type dude with hooves for feet uh, that walks around with him, his name's Mapo uh, Runt, goes around with Akarium and tries to make sure that he doesn't rage too hard because he will black out and maybe kill a lot of people. This is also the end of the world coming. Some kind of crazy shit is what they're talking about. It's a lot of stuff going on right now. And I learned this with him, with uh, Steven Erickson as a writer, and I saw this in an interview. Uh, 
This man literally will you'll do like little events where like nothing's really happening. Like Fiddler suddenly is in an alley and he like threatens this dude and takes these kids away from him so that he doesn't turn them into child prostitutes and he takes them home and he's talking to this dude. Then you suddenly find out the dude is some dude from the war before and they made meet again. And what I found out Steven Erickson is a fucking master of doing is you'll start out with shit that seems boring. It's like, why is this happening? And what he's doing by the end of it is foreshadowing shit that comes so much later. You just you might forget about it, but it will pay off. Like everything pays off. Mm. And uh, in the interview I saw, he talked about how he would send this book off to like his books off to the editors. And by I think it was book three or four, they quit like sending back fixes because they were like always sending back like what this has nothing to do with the story. What's going on? He'd be like, oh well, see that comes in and here and that foreshadows this. Da, 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 da. And then eventually they were just like just fucking let him write, you know. Um, the man is a master and as a writer it's hit me to the point where it's like I've said before I'm not as good as him I'll never try to be it's not that at all I don't want to take it's not in my ambitions in life to take 20 to 30 years of uh, you know being an anthropologist and an archaeologist and studying history to that degree to write a story like that that's just not my ambitions and that's okay to be honest I don't think that's what I do that's what I begin you don't have to do that it's just a matter of seeding things properly yeah but oh, no. I've I'm not saying it like that. I started. I not even started. That's what mm. I have been doing since Same. 2012. Yep. <laughs> That's what I've been. Doing. What like, like putting yourself to been, a degree that you'll you never be. Or? No. Fuck you. No. no. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm not like attack Jesus. No, you seed things. You, you no. You build a what bigger I'm story is, that you have right. seeded, planning for more essentially. No, what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Continue, continue. What I'm saying is, since 2012, the degree of writing for my series, my magnum opus, has made it so that I have not finished doing all of the researching and learning and studying, so that when I have written that, it is like. I'm not trying to create anything on anyone else's level. I'm trying to create something. No, not trying. I am creating something and have been since 2012 that is the culmination of years of, like, I didn't know that. The uh, Forgive me for not knowing the author's name, uh, Tamalzin, but I had not Stephen known, Erickson. yes, that he spent... 20 years culminating this god that's insane yeah, and it's literally his D campaign that he and his friend were doing i think for that whole time and maybe even before then and he just threw you in the uh, the final acts of it oh god man and see yeah it's it's a lot and and i i can't wait to read that and mm. be astounded by it and be mm. uh you know <laughs> to inevitably look at my own work and what I have yeah. in my head for for uh, Excavator Inevitables, the official name for my series, uh, and and hopefully not compare it, but also learn a thing or two, uh, because mm. what you have presented me is yeah. no less than an epic. Yeah, but yeah. what uh, from twenty? What I... It's twenty twenty one. 20, it's 2001. My God, bro. 
No, 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 you're getting the timeline mixed up. He released the first book in, I think, 98, so from, like, 1978 on to then, he spent that much time being an archaeologist and an anthropologist, loved history before all that. I think they were playing the D&D campaign before that, writing notes, coming up with this world, and then even while he was doing it, uh, he still had that love of history and shit, did that stuff while doing other jobs and quit to be a novelist like he has the background to build a world that feels real unlike anything this i've is ever read it's wild when you culminate and culminate and culminate because like, like if you take bro because like guys like perfect example is what andre was saying and i wanted to mention that like you you shouldn't compare um the two because well obviously one is your culmination of all your skills you can definitely learn from it but mm. one is the culmination of the things that you have looked at and studied and gathered throughout your time as you plotted and thought and thought and built this idea Mm. his is something that he's definitely on his own has gone through his own journey plotting and culminating and building so it's like your magnum opus will be the reflection of what you have experienced and seen and done whereas his will be completely different because he's he's already done it and two (laughs) It is yeah. his and that's own what I was, experience and culmination. And, that's and, what I was okay. saying before I got okay. the fuck you. Okay. That's what I was saying before I got the fuck you was... I <laughs> thought you were saying... I thought you were being like, dude, you're not gonna, you're not gonna make anything as great as Malazan. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. how about... No. Why would I say that? Because it's a joke. It comes across as jokey. Or, it did. Uh, no, man. Come on. You know me at this point. I would never say that. I, what I was saying is like... Okay, so let me just dive into what Malazan's taught me real quick, right? Is like, what's it? It's as writers, I think everybody has this tendency to like compare themselves, you know? Mm. And the reality is, you can never compare yourself to other people because you are you. And that that goes to the whole Dark Souls thing. I'll talk about that Mm. in the Dark Souls thing. It's literally like, that's what I was trying to say was like, uh, what was it? You figured out that you'll never be a writer like him is because you may not be. That's, That's just. It might not be in your path, you know, like mm. we all like my writing style uh, is very different from his. But what it did teach me is it's OK to throw your characters right in the middle. And I always struggle with beginnings. Mm-hmm. I'm honestly, I, the stories I've been writing lately, it's very much what's it, a media res like just throws you into the middle. Because like I, I mean, think about Arnold, you know, the, the movie yes. uh, is very much right in the middle. Yes. And right at the end. And I think that's OK. Sometimes it's good to just let your characters go. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, man. All right. But I understand. Well, forgive God, me, forgive shit, me for we can that. talk about this. <laughs> forgive me for that. Yeah, no, you're good, man. That's why when you said that, I was like, why? why really? <laughs> He's like, why the hostility? <laughs> why? Lost yeah, why is this happening? Lost in translation. Yeah, I also yeah, thought. Hey, yeah, you're good. I'm not yeah, you know what? You know what? That's a beautiful. That's a beautiful sentiment to share because my uh, mm. younger brother has been bringing lots of animes to my attention where you right. get thrown into this universe, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, like you get thrown for the first scene rather. Is throwing you into the action of a pre-existing universe. So a lot of your mind, if you're not the kind of person who is like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to follow with what's going on. And that's right. what, what I've learned to do is to just follow along with what's going on instead of trying to uh, allow mm. my, or instead of trying to uh, keep my mind from trying to piece things together. I instead, right. because that, that act of trying to keep my mind from doing something is what's making me want to, you know, to do it in the find way. the yeah. things that I'm looking for. And if I'm not finding them, that's what makes me frustrated. Uh, but instead, if I just 
allow my mind to do what it's trying to do let and be uh, it let the story flow it it feels so much more like I've asked a question and mm. now I've I've let the movie or the the show have my question and I'm just going to be along for the ride for right. now and then when I get the answer it's like <gasps> right exactly what you know what I mean and that <laughs> exactly. that is uh, he, he he started me off with uh, he started me off what did we watch Killer B I watched all of Killer B um, I can't say all of Killer B because I think there's more after mm. what I've watched but I watched the uh, Killer B 1 I'll, I'll call it Killer B 1 or no no because it's not it's not it's not B the beginning or maybe this is B the beginning god I'm so confused I watched Killer B. No, 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 no. Yeah, this is it. This is it. It's on Netflix. <laughs> B, the beginning. People know it as Killer B. That's just Killer B. But it is on Netflix as B, the beginning. And that throws you in. Oh, yeah. I did start this. Right away. Hmm. And, I have uh, not. You know what? I have to go back to this. But I feel. I kind of feel you where it throws you right in. But mm-hmm. this one, the way it throws you in, I bounced off super hard. I have to go back in to just kind of see. Which is weird. Mm-hmm. Because I am a person that. Well, it's like you under just mm. well, I don't piece things together. I just kind of let it flow, yeah. and it's not until afterwards that I'll go like, that doesn't really make much sense, or why would you do it like that? Like I'm one of those people. Like, this is where me and you do have like have this in common. Mm. The first time viewing something is always technically the best, even when it's bad, yeah. because yeah. you just don't see it. Yeah. <laughs> we we have that first time like hype the fir- like mm-hmm. always. It's just like mm-hmm. oh yeah, like I I totally get it. like. Is it but for for B? Um, and I'll have to go back and look because me and Devon did start it and was just. But for me, I was just kind of like, huh, I got no clue what's going on. And we've jumped yeah. three different topics already, <laughs> and it's not that they aren't mm. interesting, but I have no idea what to follow at this point. Right. So <laughs> that would be Imani. Why taking that as an example? That's why Malazan would not work as a, a show or anything like that. There's just so much there. You'd have to really focus one character, and even doing that, it doesn't do the world justice. Oh wow! And for instance, with like how believable the world is, like the second book, his writing's already better, right? Uh, Dude, we're in basically the Arabic version of the world, right? Mm. And it just feels so, like, natural. Just, like, how everything is there, how there's all these different races. This is where your, like, spirit walkers are. They're called uh, the skinless, I believe. They, like, shapeshift into things. Mm. Uh, and, it, like, there's, like, ruined cities that get uh, dug up by sandstorms and all this shit. The city's built on top of other city. It just feels so alive and real. And mm. the rate at which he just throws you into shit is, uh, it's it's hard. I, I can see where it's hard for people to get into. And I mean, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and change topic because, goddamn, I could talk about this the whole podcast. I love this series. Oh, yeah. I'm not even fully done with it, you know. But uh, I'd say start it. Just give it a try, both of you. I think I sent it to you oh, legally. I've, I've had means... the understanding that I was going to start it at some point. I'm probably going to start yeah. it after, um, one, I finish uh, Mistborn. I'm just going to finish yeah. that whole series first. Mm. I think that's six books now, so you got a good time oh, wait. with that. Enjoy is that. This not, is this not Mel... Wait, hold on. Is Miss Boy no, not it's not Mel- Miss Boy. No. No, 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 no. That's a uh, different author. Those are d- oh, okay. I thought yeah. that was maybe I, like yeah. underneath the Malazan umbrella. But it is, is, nah, nah, Paul came with both of those books, and then I came back mm. saying I read that one, but I haven't read Malazan. Malazan is... 
Okay. It's Thickums. Yeah. Malazan's a, t- Miss Malazan's one is the a one, Titan. <laughs> Miss One's the one he recommended us read immediately. He was like, yo, go check that one out. Whereas Malazan... And then right like, after this that... This one's so weird. I can't truly recommend it. Dude, you remember like the first day I started talking about those, I was like, Malazan or Mistborn is so cool. And then I was like, Malazan is like, I'm like daunted. It's weird. And then I I quit reading Mistborn altogether, Drake, because I just could not get away from Malazan. And now like literally all I read in fiction, if it's not like a manga or like watch an anime to kind of clear my mind, it's just, a, it's just fucking Malazan. I don't want to be anywhere mm. else. I don't want to see you do anything wow. else until it's done. I've never, ex- like, I, I say this all the time to people that know me. Like, I've never experienced this. All I've ne- this fucking series, I've never experienced anything like it. it. It's so vast and yet so controlled that it's just, it's, I can't I it explain well. it, man. And the cool thing is, too, like, history in it is uh, unreliable. People will say things that happen in their version of things, mm. and then later you'll find out things happen a different way based on different wow. people. And it's like, like uh, they're yes, actually talking man. to a dude who's a historian who released an illegal copy of the book that the Malazan Empire won't allow out. And they're, they're, they said something like, oh, I didn't know it happened in that one. They still have copies of that? Or I didn't read that in that one. It's like, oh, well, that was my version. And it's like, yeah, it's it's like so believable. But mm. yeah, like I said, guys, we could talk about Malazan. If you guys yeah, want to do a man. Malazan podcast, fine. I'll, I'll definitely read I'll wait till you guys finish is, the first book. But This you know. is everything that I'm trying to... I can't stop saying that trying. This is everything that I've been doing with Excavator Inevitable. This is what I want. I want my mouth. I'm looking at the wiki. The series has received widespread critical acclaim with reviewers praising the epic scope, plot, complexity, and characterizations, and fellow authors such as Glenn Cook and Stephen R. Donaldson hailing it as a masterwork of the imagination. Another thing too, Dre, is every fucking book starts out with uh, Dramatis Personae. He lists out all the characters that are going to have names before you get into reading with a little description of each so you know who they are. Oh, yeah. Like, that's a bold. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't matter. Like, every character I'm still surprised to meet. Like, it just... And everything feels so... Like, there was, in the second book, it's a bit of a spoiler, but it's like there's these uh, red blades, right? The, this army comes to this city, and they're going through, and they draw their weapons. They're going to mow down the people. Mm. And it, you're building up all this hype and tension. Everyone's like, holy fuck. And then suddenly this... Uh, I think it's this commander... Yes. ...runs forward and is like, hey, so I work for the commander of this city. Don't fucking do that. Mm. And it's like this tense standoff, but they stand down. And even though it's kind of... It feels like when you read it, you're kind of like, oh, well, that just happened. Mm. That's foreshadowing. Definitely something's going to come later. Mm -hmm. Uh, Repercussion. But also, there was so much tension just for it to fizzle. Mm. And you're just like, well, that tension's sitting there. When the fuck are we coming back? (laughs) It's so good at that, man. There's a lot of shit like that that just happens. And you're like, okay. But then once you get used to how Steven Erickson works... That little fizzle out, and it kind of just felt like, oh, this this didn't really have anything to do with the plot. When it comes back, you're like, God damn, you know, it's he's so good. Don't want to read anything else. But let me move on because we again we could be here for like three hours. Yes, yes. Um, and I'm not even done with the series, bro. No. <laughs> I'm on the first continent jump. Apparently, there's three or four. Yeah. God. I, a matter of fact, guys, after book four, the fifth book is the prequel to the first book. It does another continent jump and gives you the actual prequel. And it's intended that way. And I'm like, God, oh, damn it. Like, <laughs> oh. Yeah. So I seriously, if you want to learn to write big scope stuff, yes. like start reading that, Dre. I, I cannot. Yes. That's exactly. But, uh, mm, God. We're going to have to talk about We both have very similar podcast. things going. And I might want to look into this, but. 
Finish yeah. mi- a Mistborn first. You be the Mistborn guy. I'll be the Malazan guy. Because I want I want to hear more about Mistborn. I'm saying I, I really need to, need to finish this. it, but I can't right now. Um, you know, for the same reason Andre was like kind of like um, I need to look into this because it's, it's yeah. very much doing the same kind of thing, just mm. like it's clearly like with me and Andre are still in like development stage. He's like I I've, I've done it. Like I'm here. <laughs> this is it. Yeah. This is what it looks like as a final product. Dude, you know what's crazy? <laughs> Literally book 1 is in the it was in the middle of their campaign, like right where their mm-hmm. campaign was going. I think he is what he said is he started to just write it and made a fucking book out of it. And yeah, so you literally get thrown in. Your first actual like feeling of an introduction is book two with all these new characters. Yeah, like that's a weird thing because you're very much but, thrown into whatever they're doing, but it feels well, like an intro. If that makes sense, yes. book one it just doesn't feel like an introduction. You're just there. I gotta bring you in. And I gotta bring you in on this one because we're gonna keep going. What's up? We're gonna run out of time. <laughs> yeah, I realized that. Yeah, I can, let me finish up my week real quick. All right, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood rewatching that. Uh, <laughs> Manga, been reading, just uh, fucking finally started Chainsaw Man. It's all right. I don't like some of the things. I think it's cheesy, but it's it's pretty good so far. I got to keep okay, reading. Okay, how many chapters are you uh, reading? Uh, 20. Shut up. Don't talk. <laughs> no. He's Stop chasing talking. titties. <laughs> I, it's stupid. I'm sorry. I'm not there to the end, I know, but whatever. Anyway, <laughs> but it's okay. uh, last thing for my week so we can have at least 15 minutes uh, to ourselves is uh, found a book. I told you about this money. It's in our group chat. Uh, it's called uh, Binti. It's the complete trilogy. Oh, yeah. And it's actually, it's I African sci-fi. That. That was added it's like list. a girl in Africa uh, during, like, in the future or some shit like, uh, goes off and leaves the planet. And it, it, like, it, it's pretty good so far. But since I'm running out of time... Oh my god, don't tell me the video is still processed. Let me check. So I, I might not be able to show you guys my fucking thing tonight. Let me see. Oh wow, yeah. It's still processed. It's been processing for two fucking hours. Never mind. Scratch that. Yeah, that's my week. Oh yeah, back to editing. Doing a lot of stuff. And uh, a lot of self-discovery, but we ran out of time. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> My week, I always have that happen at the when I go last, usually. Was, that's not a complaint. That's just, Malazan usually trips up. No, it's fine. It's fine. I needed to you hear gotta, more about this, apparently. Uh, I do appreciate you taking the time seriously. to talk oh, no, about yeah. it again. Go to yeah, episode 12 or whatever, Dre, and listen to me talk about book one. Copy that. Go back and listen to it. You'll, it'll hype you oh, up. Yeah. Even with the spoilers, I, I don't do think it's going to ruin anything. I had a of book one. That was, that was good. Um, yeah, was, but yeah, good. if that's the case, we'll get into the news. Yeah. Um, first up on the docket, which just had to kind of be talked about, uh, Venom, the Venom trailer dropped. Like oh wow, uh, yes. Uh, How you feeling? Because I think it looks awesome. <laughs> this, this was a welcome surprise for me, Venom because too, yeah. personally, my excitement for Venom two. Uh, it, it was I'm, I was in the middle you know I was like you know this could mm. be and that's that's sort of because I was pleasantly surprised for the first one you know um, mm. yeah, the, the first one being what it was I think my low expectations for it allowed it to be uh, allowed my experience to be as enjoyable it but, takes such a weird hmm. turn, yeah. It it does it, marketing wise. Like, yeah, marketing wise. Uh, even even the story, like, I I could have a Venom, 
I could I honestly I could talk about the Venom movie for a little bit because of how that experience just was like that story that the whole the story behind the story of, of Venom and the, the making of that movie mm. and the, the the movie itself it's it's just there's a lot for me to analyze as far as, as that film and my own feelings about it because of my being a massive mega fan of Spider-Man like what I, I have I have a Venom movie with a Venom that has nothing to do with Spider-Man, Spider-Man. <laughs> but I don't hate this Venom so it's like man it's you, weirdly, you got me caught, man. It's weirdly a very comic accurate Venom what? that disregards what would be, I guess, technically the most comic accurate thing about hey. him, like his history. Yeah. <laughs> just disregards though, that. Guys. It's like, oh, okay, I guess. But like Spider Spider Man right now, according to Marvel, is shared universe, Sony universe, this universe. So maybe that's what they're setting up with the third movie. Is he universe hot? We're gonna not. get him in you the know, Venom movie. Who knows? I wouldn't be surprised. Andy Circus has they made a statement are. saying that Venom Two is and Venom is his own separate universe, and oh, you know, okay. Venom's yeah. going to be the, the, the this is his world. But uh, you know, I don't know where the direction is going for the future of this Venom franchise because I, I get to call it mm-hmm. a Venom franchise now. You know, we've yeah. got a decent enough... It's not even decent. This is an enjoyable trailer for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, honestly, I, I am, They nailed Carnage. I, yeah, I like, think. I'm excited. I am... As far as Carnage's design, you know, mm. like, it's, it's, it's Carnage. I can, it's I Carnage. can point... I can say it's Carnage. Like, I can, I can look yeah. at him and say it's Carnage, I think they, you know? <laughs> I, for, I wish there was I, a The final shot of the... Yes, yeah. yes, that would the, the final shot of the trailer where it shows him like screaming and shit. Yeah. Like all I could hear in my mind was that PS One Spider Man yes! Carnage <laughs> when he chases you. <laughs> yeah, well, like the Doc Ock version when he chases you and he's going like, I'll, I can always, I can, I'll mimic yep, this noise as long as I die. The fucking like, like it chases you doing that shit. It's terrifying, but it's so good, so Carnage, man. I fucking love that shit. That that sound effect is burned into my. Mind burn. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you know exactly that noise. <laughs> it's burned into my. I'm brain. glad that everybody here is having the same emotion. I have. <laughs> <laughs> that noise. But that it looks good. I'm happy. Um, I wasn't when I first watched the trailer. I was actually at a milk toast reaction, but like for the most part, I did kind of was like, okay, mm-hmm. yes, we got carnage. It looks good. It looks good. I'm happy. But like. I had to go back and look at it again. There's something about just having to watch a trailer twice sometimes to just get that hit. I don't know mm. what it was, but yeah. when Carnage popped up on the screen the second time, I was like, there he is, boy! He's there! Mm. <laughs> like before. Look at him! <laughs> I, 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 for me, what drew me into the trailer initially was... The start? Because of Venom 1, I was already primed for the humor. Yep. <laughs> and the way this trailer starts... The star had me chuckling. Is hilarious, <laughs> cute enough, hilarious enough, and interest intriguing enough. Because now I'm thinking, I like, oh wow, Eddie and Venom have, they're they're roommates, like they they're brothers, <laughs> like there's this relationship is fleshed out. It's being fleshed out. Like this is such a hey, Eddie, cool hey, dynamic. Hey Venom. Hey Venom. <laughs> like that's he says I uh, like that is so cool. But 
you go from the the humor of the first uh, segment of the trailer, but mm-hmm. the the mm-hmm. audio, you know, like the, oh, the yeah. song for the trailer, it immediately starts after you know the catch up, <laughs> after that, and I get reminded this is still a Venom movie, and it's, it's going to be mm-hmm. you know it's going to be action packed, it's going to be dark, it's going to you know it's not like uh, <clears throat> it's not Guardians, of the, it's not Guardians of the Galaxy humor. Like no, it's it's, it's mm. and it's not it's not it's Guardians of the Galaxy thing. humor, but it's it's not like uh, what not what's uh, what's yeah it's not super serious. It's not uh, super dark comedy humor. Uh, it's mm. not super dark and gory humor. It's it's just it's I don't know how to call it except it's, it's not like a Deadpool. Humor. Well, Deadpool yeah. isn't still lighthearted, but yeah, dark. that's <laughs> why I'm saying I can all I know how to call it is Venom. It's it's Venom. Which is, that's why I'm like, it's super comic book accurate. Like, this is their relationship almost in the comics, straight up verbatim. Disregarding a couple things that's happened towards the end of their relationship. <laughs> like, yeah. things that happen currently in the Venom run. Speaking of which, I got um, the first volume of Donny Cage's run, Rex. Ooh. Ooh. Paul, I'm low-key, I'm low-key tempted to just come over to your house and slap you with it and say, read it. But <laughs> so we can talk about that, huh? <laughs> oh, dude, I've, go- I've gone through the whole thing, but I'm not gonna. We could we could talk about it, but not right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. What are you talking about? Uh, the Donny Kids Venom Run. But yeah, I've gone through the whole. I've, I've, I've oh yeah, I need to up. finish. It's good. It. But like good. I said, I, started I might just come over and slap all the face with the first volume and be like, read this. You don't know where I live now, and you won't leave your house. <laughs> <so> <laughs> I'm protected for at least another year. I'll find you. <laughs> don't worry, I know you're in high point. <laughs> um, oh. But, but we'll find you. <laughs> we are going to skip ahead. I like and... real quick. Oh. Uh, just last comment from me about Venom, <clears throat> if I can help it. But... Thank God for the change to Woody Harrelson's hair. The wig <laughs> was just not working for me. Nope. Uh, I've, I mean, this is a wig too, but this is—he's not Ronald McDonald Carnage, and that's <laughs> that's, that's all better. I'm grateful for. It's better by default. Well, it's not I wonder if they'll for, actually miss you. Stick to the idea so that much. Say, say I'm, I'm wondering if they're actually going to stick to the idea that that's his kid. Because, like... That Carnage is kinda, the spawn of Venom? Yeah. Like, yes, I hope Because they, they kind of... They did, like, all the other ones. Which, technically, they did them out of, like, out of order completely, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's man. one of those things where it's like, okay, well, we got them. But, uh... I wonder if they stick to that. And we're going to get Scream. I mean, I, I we better get Scream. Yeah. She was already teased in the better, first one. We better so, get Scream. We better we're getting get Scream, man. Um... But what I will mention is the protege, which was a cool little trailer that was up. Um, this looked dope. Uh, from what I can remember about it, we got Samuel Jackson <laughs> mm. taking place as essentially the master. <laughs> mm. I'm happy to eat, Mister Jack. And it Mr. looked it looked cool. It honestly just looked really cool. Mm. I was looking at it, being like, okay, we got a cool action movie here. I'm excited. <laughs> Looking forward to these. Um, the cast itself, Maggie Q as our main character, with uh, Michael Keaton as well in here as well. Um, I, I'm a fan of Maggie Q as an actress, so I... Yeah, wait, she's which our, movie she's our main girl. The Protégé. Yep. Yes, our, our, our uh, heroine of the... Well, I don't know if I can call her heroine. I don't know if she's a good guy, but our our lead. She's who we're following. <laughs> hmm. Actually, I'd, I'd say she's the protagonist of this film, considering, or at the very least, definitely the hero of this film, because this is a revenge quest 
obviously. This is, okay. this is what's going down here. And uh, I'm just going to say it, because it's in the trailer. If you if you kill Sam Jackson, you got to come after them. Like, it's just, that's just how it is. I feel like everybody would agree. <laughs> mm. Sam Jackson is the one that taught you how to assassinate people and everything. And you someone murks him. It's like, well, wh- what do you think I'm going to do? Not avenge Samuel Jackson. He's <laughs> <Right. laughs> like, obviously, yeah, that's man. not his character. Oh, wow. But the studio that brought you John Wick. They, they that is what I also needed that. to mention. Oh, that, so it'll be good. I was going to wait for that to be, <laughs> sh- like, to be a shock for you. Yeah. Clearly, this is we're going to be in for some good stuff. If we got the studio that's bringing you John Wick. And a couple other things. Especially with the fact that we have this kind of... This is also the director of Casino Royale as well. I'll um, be honest, I never thought I'd see her as an action star. I mean, now neither, I man. She fits! Yeah, this is good. great. This, this looks really entertaining. I can't wait. I, I'm honestly looking forward to watching it. Though, honestly, when I see some of the parts in this trailer, I'm like, yo, how are some of these people not dead yet? <laughs> <laughs> like, some of these some of these shots in these trailers, like, that person's gone. I don't know how you explained in the movie that they didn't die, <laughs> but they're it looks gone. like we're going to have some really cool set pieces. All of the, all of the uh, uh, locations look really cool to look at and be a part of for whatever scene that we're in. Nah, this mm. is going to be wildly entertaining. Was like, be prepared. And I, I, I try not to get too excited for uh, films nowadays. Uh, if if it's an A24 film, I have mm. more of a bias to get excited. <laughs> <laughs> but Green Knight, like, yes, man. Oh, did you watch that new Green Knight trailer? God. I have not. There's a new one. Yes. Yeah, there's another one. Yes. Oh, shit. oh man. Only reason why I didn't put you it up watch. is because we talked about Green Knight. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fuck you. Put it in. No, <laughs> I was like, I looked at it. It was just like we talked about it. <laughs> oh, I'm watching it now. Oh God. <laughs> but um, in the meantime, I will move along to another thing. This will be a small thing, so Paul doesn't have to really worry about it too much. But uh, mm. Near Reincarnation got an English trailer. Which means that we're getting it. What's it called? Near. It's another new game. Oh, okay. Big happy. Yeah, but Mm. this one is. I pre-signed up or pre-registered already. Okay. This is the um, reincarnation. This is the mobile game, which is interesting because this is canon. Because Yoko Taro hates people. He just always (laughs) got to do this. He just he really do. He just he just hates people. This man loves to tell stories that are so broken apart throughout as many possible medias as you can possibly think of. There's a concert that's canon. There's a concert that has important information. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with that? Yes, there's a concert with the music from Near and Near Automata that has canon information to the series that just uh, exists. See, I'm the kind of son of a bitch that would do something like that too. Oh, I yeah. can't even cap. When you mean concert, you mean like... Like it's a real concert. life concert. Yeah, it's a real life musical concert, and it has <laughs> information in the... to the story. And I'm just like, I hate you. And you know what, Andre? If you're the type dope, of person that do man. that, I hate you too. It's awesome. <laughs> that's I so hate cool. You. <laughs> that's so. That's brilliant, dude. That's come on. <laughs> that's, <laughs> dude, if I found out that one of my favorite oh my pieces God. of of uh, storytelling had. 
a concert that I could attend where I'd learn some more juicy lore that other people didn't know, dude. That I would, I'd pay, man. I'd get a VIP ticket, goddammit. <laughs> Shoot, man. Like, you guys, genius, I really I hate need him. to play Nier, man. Where do I start? Is Nier Automata the first one? Uh, the new one, actually. Reincarnation, uh, not Reincarnation. The Reincarnation is different. Um, the one that just came you out. You could start in Automata. Replicant. Replicant's the first one. Replicant's Technically speaking, one. and this is what makes it weirder. Oh my god. Nier <sighs> series, Agreed, Nier night, series brother. comes from Drakengard. Nier is what? The Nier series comes from Drakengard. So this is where it gets wild, and I'm going to explain this really quickly. So, mm-hmm. one of the endings of Drakengard, mm-hmm. like, the Drakengard 1, like the, that's a series, it's 1, 2, 3. One of the endings from Drakengard 1 leads into this game. It leads into yeah. the first Nier. <laughs> Mm. Which then leads into one of the endings from the first near Replicant, uh, leads into which just re-released, so you can actually go pick that up. It's the perfect mm. time to get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, then leads into Near Automata, and then from there we get re- like reincarnation and a stage play and the concert that I mentioned. And then the raid no, that's in Replicant. Final Fantasy that's also canon. Oh, yeah. oh whoa! <laughs> so it's very big. Uh, yeah. Things. And the books, don't forget. The books. There's the, the short, the side. Yeah, there's the book that covers the first game, the uh, Automata game. Then there's the book that has short stories from the world. And then there's the other book that just came out, Yorha Boys, which I still gotta finish, yep. but uh, which is a prequel. I would honestly, though, Amani, I would say he could just dive into Automata no. and then go from there, because no. like. No, you can't. You mean no? That's no. what I did. I'm you doing just if, fine. Look, if the original just came out as a re-release, you started. Yeah, but the what first if he one. doesn't like it? <laughs> From what I've seen of the original, just because it's upgraded, it still has its problems. No, actually, it's Automata good. does not. What's, it's a phenomenal what's, game. What's the problems? The problems are the fucking pacing. It looks boring as shit. You haven't played it. <laughs> I have. You're right, I haven't. <laughs> but I played Automata, and that's a 10 out of 10, and you'll like the story so much. Andre, ignore Amani. I give you the fucking world book number two, Dude, and it gives you the fucking I whole story. Shut up, Amani. It gives you the whole story from Drakengard to now. Also, the you do it my way. Fuck Amani. You're full of shit. He doesn't have to play Replicant. Yes, Let does. him play Automata. It's so good. He plays Replicant, then he goes to Automata. You have to understand where you started to get where you no! Duh. <laughs> No! That's not how I did it. <laughs> Honestly, I, really no. I can link you a video. Epic movie scene. <laughs> I can link you a I video assume. that'll just run you through um, the Dragon oh. Guard series because that I just don't play those games. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're bad. Yeah, okay. Just don't even play. And I'll it, link you. It, I can but link it you does movie. start with the Dragon Guard series? Yes. Just read a, su- a summary. I think it's Drakengard 2's fifth ending. Yeah, right? it's one of the, the endings option. specifically in Drakengard, which sets up the I'm world of the first year. No, you Andre, don't. Andre, no, no, They're no, no, no. Andre, Literally, <laughs> if if you want right now, I could pull up the world book and read to you what happens. Like that's better than even watching the cinematics of Drakengard. I didn't like it. Oh, it's all boring. It's like those, bad. like those original games are garbage. Like they're unplayable. Yeah. <laughs> How he ever got uh, like signed on to direct any other games, Amani? I don't know. Yoko Taro, but like, Yoko Taro's success because... is actually a miracle. I really don't understand it. Like the yeah, fact that he had it's to get, so he, niche that like he had to get to the first near to get people to pay attention to be like, wait a minute. <laughs> and even then, like yeah. it didn't really happen until Automata, and, and the people were like, "Oh my god, you're so good!" Like, <laughs> that's why I say it's okay to start there, but we can but fight. I'm also them. telling you to shut up because the re-release 
fixed a bunch of the problems with the first original no. game, which is no. why I'm telling him, go play no. the re-release, re because the re-release is good. <laughs> fixed all the problems. I don't care how good it is, I still think he should start Shut with a masterpiece. <laughs> Listen, the remake might be really good, but Automata is 10 out of 10. You haven't played it, Shut up. You know it. <laughs> I don't care. You can agree with me no. that Gear Automata is a 10 out of 10. They're both 10 out of 10. <laughs> Dre, you know what? P flip a fucking coin and choose. No, just, like, I don't care at this here's point. Here's the deal. I know, how, I know how Andre is. I, I know you're getting to it, but I know how Andre is. He's going to want to start as far back as possible. I just refuse to let him that too. go to Dragon Card. So he starts at Nier I know. But we just talked about Malazan, which starts you essentially at Automata. I wouldn't say that, uh, but I don't know why you're making this reference. That's not even the same. That's not so even how the story works. <laughs> it is. You say I'm you know it. Start at Replicant. Paul, yes. you say start at Automata. Hmm. Keep in mind, he has never played Replicant. You're right. You know, I haven't, but I have seen all the cutscenes. I have read I'm the books. I have also read everything in the world books, and I've watched as much as I can online. Good job. So you've now done almost as much as me. Congratulations. <laughs> hmm. Unbelievable. <laughs> Dragon Guard can't be expect this to happen. So bad. It's not playable. No, it is. That it's not playable. Oh, not playable. Dude, the third game is God. the most playable game and its frame rate jumps. It's it a bad literally game. Drops you watch single digits because it feels like it. It's boring too. They repeat bosses like what, every level of money? It's like you fight the same fucking dragon or whatever at the end. The writing like, in it's giant is or whatever. Good. The the writing in it is actually pretty good. Yeah. How this man managed to get three games, I don't understand. Because Dragon Guard is trash. Like, who, bad, who wrote this? bad. What's his name? Yokotaro. Uh, Yokotaro. Yokotaro. Okay. Although he didn't direct uh, Dragon Guard 2, actually. He, like, wrote the story. Fair enough. But either way, back. those games are trash, yeah. trash. <laughs> like, they're well. not playable. <laughs> yeah, how he got the budget for Automata was, like, surprising. Like, because, Andre, I could tell you to go back and play the original Nier. And that one has, like really meh gameplay it's not great mm. but i'd rather tell you to go back and play that original original one than f to tell you to go play dragon guard because dragon guard is playable it's like devil may cry 2 dragon guard is not like devil may cry 2 is a game that you can play it just kind of sucks <laughs> but it's fine Double Dragon Man Guard, you can't play it. <laughs> Dragon Guard, can't oh. play it. <laughs> I, I do want to mention real quick. Now I've seen the Green Knight trailer, and I'm calling it now. That's going to be one of my top ten movies of all oh, time. Shit. That looks like everything I've ever wanted in a story in that location. Dude, and yeah, Dev bro. Patel is the lead. Yeah, <laughs> it's man. perfect. He he fits it. Yeah. Oh. The God, the Giants, dude. Oh, boy. Bro, I was like, oh, <laughs> God. I Sorry, but oh, I didn't mean to derail. God. I just like, the I'm sitting night. here just rewatching it. Like, man, it's so damn good. It's better than the first trailer. The first trailer served its purpose. <laughs> Let me know that there's a Green Knight trailer and make me balls to the wall for it as a Green Knight fan, as an Arthurian legend fan. I, but this, I trailer, think this is the highest God. budgeted A24 God. film to date. Like, it has to mm. be. I or care more about this thing. than pretty much anything. I. I Yo, I care more about the Green Knight than I care about Spider-Man No Way Home. Oh, wow. Thank well, you. That's, wow. Thank that's you. a <laughs> big compliment. You know what? <laughs> My that's guy. Fair. That's <laughs> fair. 
that's fair because Spider-Man No Way Home got some weird stuff that's really bogging it down. What? I just don't know if uh, they're going to do it or not, and I'm afraid. <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> I don't know. What are they doing? We're supposed to be getting, I mean, there was, a, God, I can't even. Mm. I don't want the Spider-Verse. We don't Spider-verse have enough time for me to talk it. about it. No, no, we, we don't have to go into the rant. I just don't I, want Spider-Verse in there. I just don't. Oh, God. We had a movie for that. It's fine. But what I am going to say about this is Near Reincarnation looks cool. It's a mobile game. I don't know why y- Yoko Taro got to do this to us, but <laughs> I look forward to it. I can't wait to play it and figure out what's happening because apparently mm. we have a young Kaine in this game who is important to the story and is not in Automata because that's why you got to know who she is. <laughs> um, that being said, we're going to move away from Near and go to... Um, so... Andre, you're a big uh, Power Rangers fan, right? Big enough, yes. I have Power Rangers boxers. That should say enough. Okay, and uh, <laughs> you you dabble in some Street Fighter. You 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 know about it. So mm-hmm. so I'm gonna hit you with this. Um, so Chung Li's in Battle for the Grid because they have a fighting game, and now they put Chung Li in there. Chung Li Ranger. It's she's the Blue Phoenix Ranger. Chung Li Ranger. She is now joining Ryu, who was also in that game. Now Ryu's in that game. Yes, because you missed that. Yes, so Ryu and Chung Li are now in Battle for the Grid. <laughs> oh, this is appropriate. This is appropriate. Oh, it's, it's actually perfect. <laughs> very well, very well. Now I will play this game because I honestly was I I, I just wanted to follow or have the movie and. Uh, because I I thought Battle for the Grid was going to be a movie, uh, I I guess <laughs> Power Rangers fighting game, but dude, if it's got Chun Li and Ryu in it, I will definitely give it a go. I will finally give it a go, and I, I only watched oh. a few YouTube videos about it, and I was like, I wasn't I wasn't impressed, but I wasn't underwhelmed. Because so like it that. is an indie game, I needed but it is a Marvel vs. Capcom style game. Mm-hmm. Oh. Also, since you're a fan of like the the new movies, they like each of the um, Power Rangers are a different one. So like the Blue Ranger is the Blue Ranger from the movie. Like oh, they sick. all change. Like they're not like the Power Rangers. It is po- a Power Ranger from each of them. <laughs> yeah. So man. the Red Ranger. Well, technically, there's two Red Rangers uh, now. But the the first Red Ranger is um is the Dino one. He's he's the Dino Red Ranger. Whereas like the yellow one, I think, is from Jungle Fury. And, like, they, they have people sprinkled out from, like, all of Power Ranger, Not just... Right. Yellow Ranger is in one of the Megazords, I think. <laughs> just straight up. Dude, I'm not sick. mistaken. See, because that was that, that multiverse that... that uh, I don't know if it was a multiverse. I can't remember if it was a multiverse uh, theme. Or, like, a time mm-hmm. travel theme. Or, like, just, just Power Rangers throughout the ages. That, I love, I love dealing with that. I love when we do that in the shows. Um, I, it's been years since I've watched Power Rangers. But... It's Power Rangers, man. Like, like the camp. I love it. Mm-hmm. Who does? Who? Who? Honestly, didn't want to be a Power Ranger as a kid. Ryu looks perfect. This looks bad ass, man. There we go. Ryu as a Power Ranger looks dope. Red Phoenix Ranger Ryu. There you go. With the helmet on and with it off, it looks dope. And you oh, know, yeah, they also have Red Ranger costumes. was was my boy red ranger and green ranger you can call me fanboys if you want 
a fanboy if you want, but oh, of course your favorite is the red and the green ranger. Dude, they're the coolest True. ones. They also have the quantum ranger in there, who's played by Virgil. I think the gold <laughs> ranger and the black ranger are also really cool. Uh, played by who? Yes. Guys. Oh, yeah. Um, so, check it. The original uh, voice actor slash actor for the red ranger is the same actor that plays Virgil. And really? they got him back for this game, and I, they just know. It's like Bro. they made the game and they had him say lines and it's like they okay so say they knew <laughs> they knew both <laughs> one of them is i need more quantum power and i just heard that and i was like really mm. really <laughs> i see captain america i see i get that reference i get that i get that reference you guys. Yeah. but um can we're going to jump past can this I have 30 I'm seconds yes the yeah, please sir. at this point just 30 seconds real quick the Green Knight, that's how I imagine fantasy in my mind. When I write fantasy, when I see <laughs> stories, when I think of like visuals, that's it. Yes, so if you ever want to see into my mind, watch that second trailer. That's Anytime I'm talking about something, that's how I picture it in a movie. <laughs> that's how I want my movies to look. That is so good. Hell yeah. okay. uh, back to you. Now, that is a very deep thing with me. That oh, that's hit a heartstring. I'm I'm tearing up. That is good. Yes, sir. Let's let's let's. Oh, I cannot wait for that movie. To, let's definitely try to see that, in oh. theaters, brother. Let's definitely try to see that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll go with you. I don't know if Amani will go with us, but I, I honestly, I'll go. I, I what Marvel has money? I'll buy seen. you one of those fucking hazmat suits for ten thousand dollars <laughs> if it means going with us. I got time for one more uh, news. One more piece of news. Yeah, my bad. I'm... Okay, then I will. Yeah, well, here's the deal. I'm going to slide this in. Remnant from the asses to get a next-gen upgrade. Looks cool. All right. Okay. The actual thing I'm going to show. Deck. Okay. Can I get time for two? Because the last one is a keep an eye on, which is what I want to show you guys. If you can make but, it quick. Okay. So, the only other thing I'm going to point out is uh, the Forever Purge. We got another Purge sequel. I don't know how you guys feel Ew. about it. What? Wait. I don't like the Purge. No. You this know I can't. I, I I can't just make that quick. Why do we have another? <laughs> this is Dave Batista. Okay, to be fair, this one actually has an interesting premise. The okay. Forever Purge consists of them going to Mexico, potentially, saying that the Purge initiative kind of spread out a little bit. No. And um, one day happens. They have okay. their Purge day. The problem is, is that some of the locals decide, no, the Purge is not over, and. That becomes a problem because some people, the problem now becomes, okay, what happens when people say, eh, fuck it. what's the worst they can do? I'm just not going to stop. If enough of us just don't stop, what can you do? And I'm like, hmm, hmm, that's like the one problem with the purge that I think everybody might've been like, I'm a little worried about. And they decided to touch on that. Which From I'm the like, get go. From the, from the get go, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why this movie wasn't the second film. I found the second one to be actually kind of interesting. The third one is the one that I'm like, okay, are we still doing this? The second one, I'll, I'll be honest, one I didn't Frank like This, I think, the second one was the one where they were the. I'm trying to remember the plot. The plot was like they were soldiers on the streets that wanted to fight back the against the forward. Yeah. Yeah, but you, okay. it's like people that got caught out during the purge was what it was about, as opposed to the first movie, which was we're locked in a house and they're coming for us. It's like, oh crap, I I got stuck outside and the purge started, which is not a bad like I, I think that was actually a pretty good premise. For yeah, the second that round, that so. is cool. <laughs> that's that's interesting enough because everyone has at least thought about that at some point in their lives. I think I feel like we've all 
wonder because you know as kids were told you know get in uh, at least I was told get in before dark or you know get in uh, yeah. time to come in when the street lights come on et cetera et cetera you know so this idea of things go bump in the night and uh, you know with with the state of America sort of being perpetually tipped or balancing between absolute pandemonium and uh, uh, dictatorial reconstruct like a consistent dictatorial reconstruction constantly coming closer and closer and closer and closer to uh, a real dictatorship because I, I feel no real freedom in this country outside of what freedom I make and so growing up as a young black man and, and you're, you're taught you know get in before dark or at least where I grew up yeah you know I, you know it's it's not it's not hard to Definitely think of same. what could happen if <clears throat> I Am not prepared, and you know how many you know mm-hmm. how many you know how many times it's gone on Twitter trending or some shit. You know, civil war. There are rumors of civil war. People, oh, America's gonna fall, especially after Trump and you know all that. Yeah, the, the idea you know, of a like, second civil like war. Everyone's you know, there's there's civil war talk and, and fear mongering that comes up every however many years, but that mm-hmm. is a legitimate thought of what would happen if. People just lost their minds and was like, "Fuck it, dude! I'm, I'm, I'm tearing, I'm tearing into the country, and I'm yeah. not home, and my home isn't prepared for." And these are the kind of people who eventually become preppers, mm-hmm. which I don't think is a bad thing at all. I don't think anyone can be too uh, prepared for a situation. But, but you can look crazy while doing so. But you yes, you, for, you can for sure look crazy while doing so, <laughs> but as long as you're comfortable doing it, as long as you feel safer by then, yeah. by doing by it, all means, then look that's crazy, what you gotta bro. Do. Look crazy. <laughs> if, that's, if that's what you got to do to have peace of mind, then so be it. And, yo, the fact that The Purge, whichever one it was, capitalized on that sentiment, that fear, that, uh, I won't call it fear, but that thought, that idea. That's what I think the purge could have kept ended. going. <laughs> like no, no, I feel like, I feel like it could have it could have ended, ended right there. there. Just I am outside uh, the first one, I'm inside. Great. But they came to me. That's not good. Second one, I'm outside. Uh that's not good. And then we're done. Yeah, by default. <laughs> now I'm outside. You know? Oh, <laughs> Dot dot dot. Oh, <laughs> 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 it was like, and I don't even know. I can't even remember what the third one was. I think it was actually a, a full on resistance thing, but like that one's a little weird. Mm. It's like them discuss. It was the first purge. That's what it is. The third one was the idea of the first purge, which was oh right. Yes, yeah, that's what the third one was. Okay. And the fourth one is just people just said screw it. I'm just not gonna stop. And I'm like okay. I guess I can't fault it. I guess I can't fault the Purge franchise because each story is, each one is is giving, you know. Just a little bit more. Yeah. Like it's answering a question you just were wondering. Yeah. like, okay, fair. Fair enough. You know. But let me just quickly get this. This is on the keep an eye on section and then we'll Mm -hmm. be done. Um, I have posted it in the Discord. This one's an interesting. Asian. Bramata on... The Pitos is what it's called, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, please Yo, correct me if I'm wrong. But oh, this and go ahead and scroll through her page. 
Uh, Another PS1 game. Dude, not only is this a PS1 game, this is my favorite PS1 game. <laughs> this thing this is Mega so... Man? Like, Andre, tell me it's not. This is so inspired by Mega Man Legends, it's not even um, funny. Let me... <laughs> come hear you. Why aren't you opening... Bro. Money. It's Mega Man Legends, but he's got the backpack from uh <laughs> oh from uh, what? what's it Death Stranding? Yeah, it just shoots beams. Uh, being I fucking love this uh, retro wave, dude. But yeah, just scroll through. Okay. Uh, yes. You could find it at k u k y u underscore f u. So I see what you're saying. I just I just got it up on my screen. Yes, Amani. Of course you found this. Oh, yeah. Of course, of course you found this. This Look, is really man, cool. I saw this and was like, hey, hey, yo. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, go ahead and go scroll through their media. As you can see, some of the you stuff fool. that they got going on. Oh, like, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> ooh, some of these pictures. Dude, this, like I said, I like this retro wave. Oh, my God. When he's at the like oil refinery or whatever outside, that looks really good. I'm assuming Please keep an eye on jump this. Jump over to media. Please. This one looks Ooh. so good. Are you seeing uh, the ones where he's like diving into the water? And yeah. Up? Yes. This game looks awesome. Basically, I said God. Mega Man Legends, which means it's basically a third-person shooter with lock-on mechanic is the idea. You you lock on, you dodge, you roll to get out of the way. Dude, yeah. Like, attacking is not hard. It's basically Zelda-style Z-targeting on something it's... and shooting it. Instead nice. of hitting, you're fucking the chappy robot with the backpack yeah. from Death Stranding that shoots shit, <laughs> and you're in like some like neon future or like some I don't know what this is, but then there's the Mega Man Legends gameplay that ties it all together. This is awkward and weird, but damn, it's good looking. <laughs> I feel like this is the kind of game where you play it, and the longer that you're <gasps> in, like your session, if you're playing it for an hour, an hour and a half to two hours or more, the longer you play it the more at peace you become <laughs> like the more <laughs> the you're just like like you're is. oh my god you, you sort of leave your body here you go and just <laughs> here's actual like oh. minute 40 gameplay this looks really good oh, man. oh you did jump and dive in the water and go it's dude. so good bro this and yes of course i would find this one we're talking about one of my favorite games of all time and i saw this and was like Subnautica. excuse me madam chappy Death Stranding. I saw the Mega robot Man. and I was like, this is kind of interesting. And then I started shooting and Z-targeting. And I saw the UI and I was like, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> this Bro, is this looking is mighty game. familiar. If, if, you, um, if you follow that link I sent, it's... This, this is... Oh, God, man. <laughs> I... I would fall asleep playing this game. If I, if I wanted to wind down. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't want to be bored. But I want to wind down. But I want to oh, be yeah, intrigued. Oh yeah, just looking at this clip. But I don't just want to the be way bored. he's just going through. Yeah. But I want to wind down. <laughs> like, I, I, for me, just for me, this is how. Oh wow, man. Listen, man. I, I don't say this lightly. I think Japanese composers with a piano are like some of the strongest motherfuckers on the planet. <laughs> they understand the beauty of what a piano can and will do, and just take it to a whole another level. This is beautiful. So, you get to enjoy your anime girls and mechs. As you go yeah, through your abandoned, destroyed societies. <laughs> God, this 
underwater. underwater. You hear him, right? The dude, just being on that. It makes dude. It oh makes me God. feel like I'm a kid. Yes, it makes me feel like I'm a kid, like watching Spirited Away. Yes, for the first time. I don't dude. Know. It's that Japanese dude. piano. Bro. I'm telling you, that was what's going That's through my head. Melancholy nostalgia, yes, sir, and discovery. <laughs> God, yeah, my man. Oh God, this is. Come on, keep it up. Yo. Keep it up. Dude. Oh well, let me just do this real this quick. This is the best one just yet, Amani. Just to help you, no, because I gotta, I gotta hit him with this one too. Just, just because he missed no. it. No, he missed it last week, so I'm, I'm gonna throw this at Andre. And okay. Get his first reaction to this. And then oh, is this the? Uh, I think I know what it is. Yeah, it's Arbiter, but I'm gonna show him it because he ain't, he ain't see it yet. Copy link. And post it to the Discord. Bada bing, bada boom. There it is. All right. So you can just get a get a glimpse of this man's gameplay. This is what we talked about last week, and I was like, "Yes, <laughs> heard, heard. yes, sir." <laughs> okay. All right. So okay. Down, we're getting it. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Final Fantasy may cry. Yeah. <laughs> Six. Oh. Oh. Is there no HUD? Please let there just no, be no HUD at all. Yes. Like Yo, you get to. Yo, he. Okay. He's like, okay. Yeah, we. Yeah, I'll be fine and stuff. Don't okay. Worry. I got it. I got you. <laughs> Made with By Unity Indie Dev. Yo, I. I only want to play indie okay. games. So, it makes you feel like that, don't you? <laughs> right. I'm just sending out one for you to look as we get ready to dip out. <laughs> Here, one second before we go. I know you got to go, Andre, but. Two seconds. That song, y'all don't have to listen to it now, but you know I like to give y'all songs once in a while. This song, it's uh, I think it's like a love story mm-hmm. thing, but that's not what hits me. It's the uh, not only the sounds, the beat, but in the chorus he says, "Why dream it all tonight if you're keeping all the fear inside? Looking at the bright screen that shows you all the places you dream to be. Oh, just open up your eyes and celebrate how we get to be no lies, no hate. Finally, you owe it to yourself. It's basically saying, stop being afraid and chase your dreams." Be the best version of yourself. I think you guys will like that song a lot. I've I've been listening to it on repeat for like five days now. That's what's up. Thank you. Very good song. Thank you. (laughs) Please give it a listen. Let me know what you think in our uh, chat. But yeah, yeah, take away. (laughs) But that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you guys for coming on again. We're glad to see Mm -hmm. you all. Um, Yes, as always. And back to our audience. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us once again in our conversations. By all means, go check out all the stuff that we mentioned here. And uh, follow us on the Twitter, uh, Instagram that we now have as well. And uh, Facebook. At this point, we're working on every possible outlet for <laughs> you guys to actually check us out on. Slowly but surely. Um, but that is going to do it. I'm going to leave us with a musical selection from Meat Special once again. Which... It will actually be My Music in a Box is what it's called. I had to look up what the title was real quick. Mm. But we'll be leaving you guys with that. But we'll catch you guys around. See you next time on Paper Play Action. See you guys. Thank you so much. Have a good one. All right.